0: Hey there! Welcome to the March 2019 episode of the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Dan, and I'm joined here by my one co-host, Noma. Ed is on the break right now, but Noma, how you doing? I'm not too bad. Awesome. Still alive. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. So, we actually have amazing news for uh, one of our listeners. Uh, we had a contest going on for uh, about, what was it, 12 days? 14 days? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a winner for our five-day Star Wars Celebration pass giveaway, and the person who is the winner—drum roll, please—Twitter handle at God's Phoenix number four, God's Phoenix four. Uh, you did all three steps and were entered into the contest successfully, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll be reaching out to you on Twitter to get all your information to make sure that you get your pass congratulations Mm -hmm. gods phoenix 4 yeah congratulations man now we do have i I just wanted to read the comment from gods phoenix that that was on our website um which i think we should talk about today it'll be good Mm -hmm. so he said stumbled across you all the other week love the podcast guys i got into star wars destiny which is a dice card game from fantasy flight i believe When it was first released, but due to the launch issues, the game didn't gain any traction in my area. Hopefully the new draft style will help revitalize it. Would love to hear your takes on what you think the game could add to help out with the larger community. Look forward to your next podcast. So, thank you for the comment. And uh, I'm going to post this question to our resident Fantasy Flight fanatic, Noma. Uh I do have some things that I could point out here just because I have experience in other um kind of cardboard games that do have a lot of traction that I can kind of maybe say what works for them. But Noah, what do you what do mm. you think? Uh yeah, well first off, uh thank you for the
1: comment and I'm glad that you like the podcast. Um and I, I really I really get where you're coming from. I really get where God's Phoenix is coming from because it's kind of the same uh in the hobby store that I uh started Uh, force and destiny or sorry destiny at and uh it's kind of that same thing it's never been a huge crowd i think at the most it was like a dozen people and it kind of died off it's hard i think it's it's really hard for a card game to get a lot of traction in these days i mean first off you're you're competing with magic right magic is that's the the king of that Mm -hmm, right everybody knows it and it's just it's the one that gets the most work, and it's the one that gets the most updates, it's got the most money behind it. Wait, so, are, you, are
0: you telling me that Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon aren't up there anymore? You, you know what? Surprisingly, they're both still on there. Yeah, they are. It's um, crazy.
1: Yeah, like because uh, the same place that I go to, um, they they have a lot of like
0: a place lot of their events. In your game is, shop.
1: Yeah, like yeah, my my local hobby store. Like the main event is Magic, but then there's also there's still Pokemon tournaments, there's still Yu Gi Oh tournaments. And Force and Destiny, or sorry, I keep calling it Force and Destiny. Star Wars Destiny is its own little small niche. And uh, Gods Phoenix is right. Like, the draft style is definitely a help. People love drafting, you know.
0: That's exactly it's, it's, what I was thinking too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a staple for card games. And I think if they wanted to attract more people, they should keep going down that route. You know, keep keep it. In a niche where it's kind of competitive, kind of not with the dice,
0: but it's also randomized it, as a as a um, a draft set, right? It's all random. Mm. You don't know what you're going to get, and you have to make a deck based on what you get, not what you yeah. want to make. Yeah, exactly, which so makes it, it a little bit more fun and more easy exciting. for other people to kind of jump into it.
1: Yeah, it makes it more exciting. You know, you can you you have to think on your feet. You know that stuff might not be optimized. It's luck of the draw, um, but it gets a it gets a very uh, precise number of people together so you know who you'll be playing you know how many people you, you'll be playing against and that kind of stuff um but i think the important part is is to keep it somewhere where it's accessible for everyone i know that some people aren't interested in destiny because of the dice mechanic it makes it too random for them um but i think you you have to open it up to other things that card games have been doing to make it more popular so for magic for instance uh magic's got a couple of multiplayer formats yeah um, different that's... formats for sure yeah, like that. So that's the one I play. I I mean different formats is hard for certain things, but I think, you know, giving it multiplayer, giving it maybe like 2v1 formats or certain things like that. Some of the things they're doing right now with the negative points are I think a step in the right direction. Um, you know, add add certain mechanics that you can't find in other card games to keep it interesting and exciting because I know that one that came up recently and I, I ended up trying this with some of my friends because uh one of my friends does like getting into new card games, and he's the one who, who actually got me into Destiny in the first place. Um, fun story about that. I walked into to our hobby store one day for, I think it was, I was supposed to be playing Magic against him, and I walk over to the table, and he's got these Star Wars cards out, and I go, what is this? And he goes, oh, it's uh, <laughs> Star Wars Destiny. Go up to the front and talk to the guy about it, and I'll buy you a deck. And I was like, That's what? great. He's like, yeah, I need more people to play against. So, And it was cheap, too, at the time, right? It was brand like, new, yeah. Yeah, I, I built the deck, and it was like 40 bucks. so... It was one of those things, uh, but yeah, more more ways to make it accessible and more interesting to players. Um, if you have a store that is doing it, you know, definitely trying to get more events together, more more support. And Fantasy Flight Games is really good with you know tournament and event support so and talking and
0: getting like feedback and actually working through that feedback and mm. creating stuff that people actually want.
1: Yes, exactly, right. stuff like that, and then. Um, including in tournaments and things that they're already doing, you know, grand tournaments for X-Wing and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I just I saw the other all day all that uh, X-Wing had a, like, a world, or not a world tournament, like a local tournament in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a whole bunch of people were playing in that. So that's that's really good. Like, X-Wing is one of those things that people really enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. So, And and it's tough, right? Because there's certain niches like that. Like, I like X-Wing, but I love Armada, which is more of the actual capital ship combat. Fleet kind of. Yeah, exactly. Amen. But that one's not as popular just because more work needs to go into that, right? You need more stored space because they're larger models and, and
0: it's a, I'm assuming a little bit more expensive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Price is definitely a big thing too. You can buy an X-Wing ship for 20 bucks. You buy an Armada ship for like 60, 40. Yeah. So, Man, well, it's 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 a whole thing. But I think as long as they keep supporting Destiny and they keep trying to grow their community and kind of spread the word out about it, I think as long as they're doing that, hopefully it'll keep keep going strong and get more more people and you know stay popular
0: yeah i I think one of the things that like i agree with everything you said there noma one of the things that i would do um i'm not sure if they're doing it currently but making pre-release sets um the new packs that are coming out because magic the gathering has done that for years and it works Mm -hmm. really well to get people really excited about what's coming out So they kind of tease what cards are coming out, what abilities are coming out, all this stuff. People Mm. can think about it, talk about it, kind of create an idea of what kind of deck they want to make. And they go to this pre-release thing, which is like a week or so before the actual set releases. Mm -hmm. You pay your money. You get like a little box with some booster packs in it. It's all random. You get a dice. You get a whole bunch of stuff. And then you basically open your packs, make your deck, and you're in a tournament. And you can win at the Mm -hmm. end, if you do well enough, a whole booster box, which is like 36 packs Cards mm-hmm. right, which is like kind of like two hundred and forty dollars worth of uh, cards, and it, it just mm-hmm. it gets everybody like engaged. Like I had a group of I think at one point eight people going to Magic pre releases on a regular every mm-hmm. three months, and it's like twenty five to thirty dollars depending on where you go, and all that money gets put into a prize pool where they give out booster boxes and store credit that you can use to buy cards and stuff. It's really mm-hmm. cool. So I think and you can and you can definitely one up that because I for a brief stint of, of time,
1: actually worked at one of those hobby stores. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I saw with those pre-releases is I'd actually see people would come in for our morning pre-release. Yes. And then they'd actually go across town to a different store for the afternoon pre-release.
0: Yep, because people were so uh, excited about it, and they wanted to get as many of the new cards as they could.
1: Yeah, I don't. there's a whole thing with that, though. The Magic kind of pro community starts getting kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, they, they, uh, they are a little, uh, like too into it if you know what I mean like they just get (laughs) they get competitive um and it's it's almost to the point where it's like you battle a guy like I was playing in a tournament once where Mm. I built a deck I'm like oh this deck for what I had it's pretty good Mm. and so I I battled a whole bunch of people and I I was doing well and then I played against a guy that's like veteran like he's played it for like 30 years or whatever Mm. and uh he has his cards out and he just like takes me out in three turns and I'm like
1: uh (laughs) right yeah oh yeah and that's a whole other actually that's another good point for for uh destiny because they're so new i think they can work around this but yes making sure your rules interaction stay strong because yes. that's a like There's a lot I, of I, magic like,
0: stuff gets outdated mm, not necessarily
1: the... even not necessarily even that though but it's just because of certain things that you don't think of, you end up creating problems later on. Mm. I'm trying to think of what's a good way for me to to put I that. You're like talking into... like mechanics. Yeah, mechanics-wise, yeah. there's a lot of. I, I play. I still play some of the Magic styles like Modern and EDH. Um, so, like, I I know what Dan's saying with the three-turn kill thing because my Modern deck. I haven't played it in a long time, but it it it's was pretty quick. Yeah, if the the main thing with that deck was that if they weren't at if they weren't dead or at three life by turn three or four, I'd pro- I've probably lost.
0: Exactly. Um, and there's different like decks you could do. Like you could do like a life gain deck or anything. The the whole point I'm making here is basically you want to keep it engaging for the community, and having these pre-release sets gets them excited for something that's coming out. And the mm-hmm. other thing to pair that with is keep on creating cards and stuff that people want to buy so like creating a kit of the rebel uh characters creating a kit of maybe some clone troopers or creating a kit of death troopers you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. creating sets that people are like oh dude i would love to have this set to add to my other set that we can make a crazy awesome deck like darth Vader Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of death troopers let's go you know what i mean?
1: yeah yeah and I, I think that's that's definitely a good point um and then you you just need to temper that with uh like i was saying before making sure that that the rules are all solid and you're kind of future-proofing them against later sets because otherwise you'll fall into the magic trap where it's like okay so this cards this card from five years ago is really good and this card from right now are really good and if i use them together i lock you into an infinite combo that you auto die on yeah I've, i played because that people weren't sure. thinking about it right exactly yeah like I don't want to go too off topic but like one of my i play another game called commander um and one of my decks has a has a combo with my main commander and one card where because they weren't thinking about commander when they made the card i can basically play it for free keep playing it my general becomes power and toughness a million yep and then i just attack and as long as i can hit the enemy they immediately die right and it's it's a card that was 35 cents until people realized what it could do and then I, I, I it's not that much still it's like 2 bucks but still right you can like you get more advanced extreme versions of that and then it starts to break the game and that's when you get people who if a new player comes in and they don't know about this you know eight card combo that immediately kills you and there's no way around it it's going to discourage them right Exactly so yeah, so all in all, we got a little bit off-topic there. But yeah, there's a couple of things I think that they could do to, or that we both think that they could do to help out the community and keep growing the game. You just need to, you know, be adventurous and and push as far as you can go, but make sure you're not pushing too hard to break the game later down the line.
0: Exactly. And I think mm. uh, I just wanted to say thank you for submitting your question. And these are the kind of questions that we want to talk about. Uh, mm. Like, we had a good discussion here, and I, I feel like if we had more people attending in, more questions like uh, uh, God's Phoenix Four. I think it would be really fun, and I think we can get a lot of uh, good discussion that we might not normally get because we mm-hmm. don't normally go into depth about you know Star Wars Destiny or something, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and
1: you guys get to learn a bit more about us, and we get to you know ex- express. Yeah, we get to express certain opinions or ideas that we might not usually be able to with the material we handle on this podcast.
0: Exactly. Now, with that question answered. And our winner of the contest announced, let's move into letting you know what our episodes are about and what we do here at the Voice of the Force. So we have two podcasts. We have this one, which is our new show. We talk about new releases such as video games, TV shows, comics, books, movies, general news, board games and miniatures like we just talked about, and events. And we have our other show where it's called Temple Archives. And we talk about uh, two books, a comic volume and a novel, usually. And we summarize the story, talk about how it relates to legends and canon material that we have currently gone through. And we discuss what we liked, what we didn't like about it, and where it fits in the timeline. So uh, our newest episode of Temple Archives is uh, released just uh, a day ago or so, and it was covering Lost Stars and Star Wars Volume 2. So go check that one out. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Now that we're into the news segment, we have one thing for board games and RPGs. So, Noma, do you mind taking that one away? Hmm. All right.
1: So the one book that we've got right now, we talked about before how uh, Fantasy Flight was releasing a Clone Wars era book for Star Wars. Uh, there, it doesn't really have a name, but I guess there's Star Wars RPG, uh, which covers you know Age of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, Force and Destiny whatever kind of games you want to play so they released rise of the separatists and now they're going to be releasing a new book called collapse of the republic so this is going to be the end of the clone wars i'll I'll kind of read the little blurb that they have with it and the blurb goes with hopes for peace dashed by the bombing of the senate district power generator on coruscant there is no end in sight for the war that engulfs the galaxy Soldiers of all ranks grow weary from years of battle, while the Jedi Jedi strive to balance their roles as peacekeepers and military generals. So I'm a little bit surprised that, you know, right as they get to the beginning of the Clone Wars book, that now they're immediately launching the end of the Clone Wars. Uh, But there's some really interesting things that are going to be in here. So there's going to be more iconic NPCs. So probably, you know, famous Jedi, famous clone commanders, famous separatists, um, bios on some famous planets during the era and kind of going through the steps that those planets uh in, or the st- steps that those planets went through during the Clone Wars leading to Order sixty six and the end of the Clone Wars. So we're gonna be getting some interesting things there. Uh race wise, there's going to be I'm not sure what race what the race is called, but the species the general trench is. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like spider arachnid
0: it's literally yeah, what it is, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to be getting those to play as, and then also I think they were separatists. The the I don't know what their race is called either, but they're um, in
0: Moncala, aren't they? The shark people.
1: I think so. Yeah, the shark people that are fighting the Moncala in those few episodes, um, and along with those, we're also going to be getting Dathomir. Uh, so Dathomirian witches, I guess. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Dathomirian male. It's just the, the Zabrak males on Dathomir.
0: Although, there were, um, are the female Zabrak as well? Or is it male Zabrak and female Dathomirians? I don't know.
1: I think, yeah, I think that was it. I think all the, all the females, well, at least for, for that setup, it was, you know, all the females were Night Sisters. Yeah. And all the, the males were there to just be there, I guess. Be farmers or something? Uh, I don't know. For, for yeah, I guess basically that. And then they it, look like farmers. Occasionally, occasionally get turned into Sith apprentices.
0: Exactly. <laughs> mm
1: hmm. Um, yeah, nice. so we'll be getting that. Uh, Those three races, plus, I think, a different clone template. I think it'll be a clone template for commandos. uh, different specializations. Commandos, uh, because in this one it says that we're getting clone commanders and (laughs) arc troopers for specializations. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean... Yes, please. Yeah, my two favorites, right? Arc troopers and, and... Well, yeah, three favorites, I guess. Clone commando, arc trooper, and clone commander. So those will be really interesting. I'm sure the commander will give you a bunch of buffs, and the arc trooper will be a lot of...
0: Um, buffs if you're just on your own and you're not working with a unit dude i just had flashbacks that we could just recreate star wars Mm -hmm. Robot commando and continue the story
1: (laughs) yeah exactly you can make your own clone
0: you can make your own clone commando squadron oh yeah so the
1: the one thing i need to double check is i don't know if clone commando is a race right now or sorry not a, a race i don't know if clone commando is a class right now oh i see okay i know i know clone trooper and like clone heavy were and in this one, you can get ARC Trooper. So you could do a band of ARC Troopers. That would be interesting, kind of like spec ops, really, That'd be really uh, fun. you know, behind enemy lines, missions. Um, and then there's some other things that it looks like they'll be showing. So the, what were they called? The the stealth battle droids? It looks like they're Flunk, in this They're now. the droid
0: commandos, sorry. Yeah, droid commandos. Which uh, are being introduced into uh, Star Wars uh, Battlefront 2, along with the, oh, um, okay, cool. the dual blaster um, commanders like Commander Rex and whatever. Oh, okay, cool. So they're both being introduced to Battlefront. That's another thing, but anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's still relevant, though. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see. We're going to get a much bigger roster of enemies and things like that. I'm hoping for maybe, you know, like super tactical droids or, you know, some of the other uh, interesting variants that you get in those games. It, it looks like it's basically once they finish releasing the source book, you're going to only need two books, and you'll be able to play the entire Clone Wars, which is going to be really cool. Um oh and it shows one of the, the NPCs that they're gonna be introducing is Anakin Skywalker.
0: As so, like evil Anakin. I'm yeah, that'll be
1: terrifying. I've already
0: uh it, it might
1: actually be both, it looks like could, Yeah, it could be um, both. But, Yeah, the picture they're showing is definitely the Darth Vader Anakin when he's just got the the red eyes and the robe.
0: But Master um, Anakin, what are we to do? Yes. <laughs> There's too many of them.
1: <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> Master so Skywalker.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so like we'll get that. And I mean, now there's already so many options. I've got a, I've got a book with Ahsoka and Vader in them already. Mm, so now we've got Vader, Ahsoka, yes. you've got Anakin. All you need is young Ahsoka. You've got all everything, <sighs> right?
0: This is some good RP moments, man. Oh, I know. There's, there's just so many
1: options available now. That's great. So it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a really, really cool once this book comes out. And then after this, I don't, I don't know what else they could. Oh man, if they went back and
0: did old Republic, like. Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, Reven as an NPC.
1: So, yeah, oh
0: man. Darth Malik. You're listening to oh, Fantasy god.
1: Flight. Do that. Do that. Like right yeah. after this. Go,
0: go right now. Stop what you're doing. Put down all yeah. the Star Wars Celebration content and work <laughs> on the Old Republic.
1: Exactly. You got um, the license. Use it well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Speaking of events, uh, mm. let's get into Galaxy's Edge. but there's a lot of news that just came out in the month of February and March, so uh, let's get into it. Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, this will basically be covering the remainder of our podcast, because there's actually not much other Star Wars news to talk about, but man, do we have a lot of Galaxy's Edge and (laughs) Star Wars Celebration news to to talk about. Oh boy. Uh, So first up, uh, Galaxy's Edge released a very, very large kind of collection of artwork that they're showing off right now to kind of show you what Galaxy's Edge looks like. And my god, if they're sticking to this and they're, they've are they actually got the designs and the work and this is what they're building, it literally looks like Star Wars. Like, there's This is coming from a cynic.
0: This is coming yeah, from a cynic, coming, someone who doesn't totally, enjoy Star Wars. Hey, now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no,
1: but coming, coming – and Dan's got a very good point. Coming from a cynic, coming from someone like me who is very pessimistic about all this stuff and was expecting – galaxy's edge to look like one of those things where it's you know sad cardboard cutouts around the food stands they're like no we're totally star wars guys i'd be
0: happy with that
1: i'd i'd just be sad (laughs) with all all the money disney has but especially with a billion billion
0: dollars of the cardboard cutouts let's do it yeah right like (laughs) you know
1: episode eight came out and then this happens and i just like well i'm done but galaxy's edge my god like it looks phenomenal it Looks like a real Star Wars village. If this is the kind of money they're putting into it, it's gonna be amazing. It
0: looks like an outpost in the outer rim. Almost unknown it, unknown regions, right? Like this is black spire outpost. This looks legit Star Wars. Like the concept okay. art here. Oh, I, yeah. it I, is I am just phenomenal. blown away. And I if it really looks like this,
1: then the only like the only thing taking me out of it would be the fact that there's other people like me walking around in, you know, non-Star Wars clothes. But I mean, the restaurants look amazing. The workshops where you go, their versions of Build a Bear, basically, look so real. Like, so. Build a Droid. So Star Wars-esque. Yeah, Build a Droid. That's right. Um, Some of the stuff that they're showing for one of their events, uh, Rise of the Resistance, I think, the hangars and stuff look beautiful. The hallways for the hotels and stuff like that. It all looks authentic, like, beautiful Star Wars. And if that's what the kind of money they're going to be putting into it, and the kind of effort they're going to be uh, throwing at this project, it's going to be phenomenal.
0: Oh, man, this is so I, – I can't wait to talk about the rest of this. There's so much I want to talk oh, about, yeah. and we will be talking about it all right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. And so next up so excited. is something that I'm, I'm happy for. I've got one little complaint about, but the, the next thing that they've got is they've got a kind of a page that's just showing off the food and drinks that you'll be able to get at Galaxy's Edge um and all, the drinks all look great like for the most part you you get you know blue milk and st- you know the classics you get your blue milk hopefully there's a lactose-free blue milk so that'll be okay to try that um but they've got some other interesting things they show some stuff like ev- everything is is in the star wars style right you're not going to see root beer or coke as options available they've got things like um uh, juice and uh some of the drinks that they have like they show a page with non-alcoholic drinks so it's carbon freeze Olga's obsession and, and it looks Cliff so Dwarf. good mm-hmm. one of the things i'm actually really interested in because one of the drinks looks like it comes in a petri dish yeah that's the one thing <laughs> i was like what? Of... yeah that's kind of weird. weird I, I mean, mean it, it, is fits a drink, it, but... it fits star wars
0: it fits star wars like star oh, wars yeah. has so many weird things in it for eating and drinking that the, mm. that just fits like you could see uh um a Rodian eating that, no problem. Oh yeah. like Yeah, just... and you get like
1: Yeah, exactly, right? It all fits perfectly inside of it. So you get your, you know, like I said, blue milk and there's apparently green milk as well. Um some of the other things they call uh Fatro and MOC juice. And there's interesting mouf things in there juice. as well. I love yeah, that name. Juice. <laughs> it kind of looks like orange it like Looks like what? orange juice. Kind of like orange yeah. juice. Yeah. But one of the things I've noticed with a lot of the drinks that they have, and I think it's it's a very star wars quality that i never really like i kind of noticed but never really noticed is all of the drinks except for the blue milk all of the other kind of juices and drinks they've got a kind of neony glow to them
0: neony they, they all... and almost like pastel-y like almost mm-hmm. not see-through in some exactly soft color pastels yeah um
1: and it, it just it adds a lot more right where these look like the the drinks that you've kind of seen in star wars and your mind kind of subconsciously remembers yep Um, and then there's a whole bunch of alcoholic drinks as well you're going to be able to get shots or mixed
0: drinks and things like that oh these look Uh, so good i'm so hungry right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that definitely doesn't help with the things that they're showing and the desserts too the desserts uh they've got raspberry creme puffs and uh, passion fruit mousse but they come to you in in very star wars looking dishes and they actually some of them look like like a dessert berry or something that you'd find in in star wars
0: yeah actually
1: little yeah little pastry cakes that kind of look like they they one of those things where it kind of looks almost manufactured enough that it looks like star wars and just kind of edges that line between sci-fi and real life
0: i don't know about you Uh, but i want to be drinking a bloody rank or alcoholic drink
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh like i might just go broke just from the food here right yeah and you get you get like uh what would they call them? Like kind of bar bar nut mixes and stuff like that as well that they show. They call an outpost mix, um, and you can get food there as well. And this is my only gripe with the menu, and it's not really their fault. But a lot of the a lot of the the actual food items, um, they just look like human food.
0: It's hard. Yeah, it's so, hard to do. Exactly uh, right. Because we so, don't, we, so... we actually I don't know if you knew, but they they didn't actually get this food from another galaxy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 had to use food from our universe, our planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly right. And and that's why I'm saying like it, it's not really their fault because yeah, you're right. Like you can't. What are you gonna really do, right? But it's, it's certain things like I'm, I looked at um, one of the first items they show is Felucian garden spread, mm. and with the things like the drinks and desserts, because it's in you know. With those foods and drinks, you can kind of use certain things to make them look more out of this world. I think food is the kind of major barrier. So you see, like the Falusian garden spread, like I said, and I can just I can just see there's like
0: pita bread, like, uh, falafel, yeah, peanut bread, and like falafel cucumbers, and, tomatoes, spinach, exactly, yeah,
1: some some sort of like um, what's the one like some sort of guacamole kind of you know t-
0: um, it's recognizably. Nacho, kind of, like our world
1: exactly i can see the tomato and the bread and the cucumber and there's certain other things like every time i look at one of the the actual food dishes i can just start picking out all the ingredients that i can see in them and it as with the desserts and the drinks though it's a lot harder to because it all kind of blends together so well and i can't really tell
0: can i tell you one Uh, thing that they did really well Mm-hmm. Um, there was an interview on the Forcecast with uh, the uh, ABC reporter Clayton Sandell, who does the Star Wars stuff for ABC News. Okay, and he was talking about his favorite. Like he got to taste all most of these foods, and because nice. he went to with him and a whole bunch of other reporters went to uh, Galaxy's Edge, and mm-hmm. got to try stuff and walk around and whatnot. And he said the Kadu smoked Kadu ribs. If you go down below that, the third one there. Oh yeah, uh, that cut of rib is actually. The it's it's a unique cut of rib that is no not sold anywhere else in the world. They actually oh. had they they sourced these food like this specific type of rib and asked them to cut mm. it in a way that it's not normally cut to get a different look and a different cut of meat from oh, okay. whatever animal it actually came from a pig I guess so it's the, it's pork ribs right so um yeah 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 so it, it's a, it's a cut of rib that you wouldn't see anywhere else which is really interesting that they went that far to do that
1: yeah. And I mean, yeah, kudos to them for what they they can do. And like I said, you know, I, I understand that this is a limitation of food, where unless you're willing to put so much more money and effort into it, um, it's gonna just look like normal human food. Because unless you're gonna
0: like make it pressed out of like a factory, basically, take take pork and press it into a different shape. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah.
1: Well, there, there's a there, there's an old cooking show I used to watch, just because it was called. It was so interesting. I'd have to look up the guy. Maybe I, I will. Um, but he used to do this thing called. It was like weird foods or something, or like uh, like myth, mythical foods. Um, oh, I think his name was Hester Bloom. Let's see if. Sorry, going on a, a tangent. That's right. Of.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I, while you're looking that up, I wanted to point out the most underrated thing about these pictures is the like side sporks that you get to use. Mm-hmm. They're basically oh, yeah, spoons right. with like. Forks on the left hand side on the top left and it looked like they're like they're sharp forks. Jeez. <laughs> that's that's gonna like you could kill somebody with that. Oh boy. Those sporks, man. Space sporks, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. But,
1: um I, I can't find the name. If anyone remember knows who I'm talking about, it was this yeah, it was this food show where he'd do things like he'd he'd make like a candied apple and you'd bite into it and it was actually savory pork. Whoa and like chicken moose in the center. Like, yeah, it was really like out there foods.
0: That's, that and sounds was, disgustingly interesting.
1: Yeah. It was super, super cool. Cause he do these feasts for people like every, every episode. And, um, it was a British show and, and he'd kind of make these, these things that would just, um, uh, blow your expectations basically. Yeah. And so I know that it's possible to, you know, put that much effort in and make these things that are, amazing but at the same time i don't really expect you know i don't really expect disney to be putting in that much effort for food that they're probably going to be changing or you know just kind of making as as part of the
0: experience right i can guarantee you Um, though over time they will have different dishes come in and out oh yeah for sure over time they will they will um reuse foods and probably have like seasonal dishes and stuff like that
1: oh yeah because they want to try and attract people in the same way that disneyland does right exactly which I think is one of the reasons why I've got such high expectations for this and why I'm hoping it goes so well, because they've been running Disneyland for how long? They know how to make people part with their money when they come to places like this. Like I've this. been
0: saying since Galaxy's Edge was announced when we started this podcast and we we're talking about mm. just the concept of it, dude, let's get citizenship for Batu. Let's just like <laughs> forego our galaxy and just move to Batu. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> I'm so excited for this.
1: Oh, it's going to be like, and I was always kind of interested in it, but now that we're starting to see some of the things, I'm starting to become very excited and Come very scared. To the light
0: side. We have <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. No way. It's all about the dark side.
1: <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the next thing that that they've posted is something that's showing... A lot of the stuff you'll be able to buy at Galaxy's Edge.
0: Oh yes, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so speaking of Light Side, Dark Side, I was looking through my, me and myself. I was looking through this article, and they've got some stuff where they're showing, you know, plushies, pork, Wampa, and I'm like, ah, not not for me, but I, I get what it's for.
0: Yeah,
1: Let's right. Like they sh- yeah, they're showing, you know, uh, like they've got plushies and little props, and I'm like, ah, that's interesting. And then underneath that, it goes, and you can also build your own lightsaber. And I was like, well, I'm sold.
0: And they look legit. <laughs> Yeah, they look very, very cool. Prop ready, use it for a cosplay, use Mm -hmm. it as a lightsaber for costumes and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so uh, as it says in the thing, there'll be a store called Savvy's Workshop, and when you go there, you'll be able to build your own lightsaber. They've got some little parts in the images that they're showing that I kind of recognize. One of the emitters looks like obi-wan and luke's uh luke's Mm. episode 6 one and then the one farther back the top of that emitter looks more like the anakin uh original lightsaber you know the one that he uses and then luke ends up using later on um
0: the one thing i do have to ask though is that this is apparently supposed to be in star wars canon so how how does building your own lightsaber fit into that you know what i mean yeah that's That's a little bit one thing that i'm like "Mm. hmm i'm not too sure yeah
1: i the the only way I could see them really doing that is I, I get the feeling it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the shop itself is canon. And when you walk inside, it's like, oh, no, the stuff inside is actually different.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, because, like, with the plushies and stuff that you see as well, it's like I can't really see those being necessarily well, if things. Sold,
0: to, if they sold animals, you know what I mean? Like, they, well, we have tauntauns to sell you in porgs. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we can't actually have animatronic porgs that we could buy and take home because yeah. that would be way too yeah, expensive but, but you know same
1: with the stuffed animals right where it's like or the stuffed characters where it's like why why would you go into a place and buy a stuffed Watto, right
0: well he's a legendary um, character he's a myth he, <laughs> sure. he played the part in an anakin's hate for tatooine and sand yeah that's right like if he Everyone's didn't have favorite. that he wouldn't have gone back to Tatooine. he wouldn't have massacred all those sand people so Watto,
1: <laughs> multiple times um but yeah and then with the lightsabers i was like all right lightsaber yeah, that makes sense, you know. I'll, I'll be interested in, in that, and I'll probably pick that up. And uh, then I was like, but that's really all I'll need, you know. And then right under that, it was said. <laughs> and then next up, you can also visit the Droid Depot and build your own custom R or BB series droids. And I was like, oh, all right, well, there goes more money. <laughs> all the money.
0: And I we were talking yeah. about this before the podcast where we weren't sure exactly how big they would be. But if you look in the picture mm-hmm. just below the one showing you all the droids, you yeah. see where, like, BB-8 and, like, an R4 unit are, like, in a glass case. Mm-hmm. If you look just below that, you can see like a area where all the droids are kind of stored, and then to the left of that, where the people are like building stuff, you can see they're yeah. they're about about a foot tall, six inches, yeah, yeah, you're maybe right. seven eight ten inches, no more than yeah a f- no no more than a foot long though.
1: Yeah, because I was discussing with Dana uh, before the podcast. I was saying, you know, if these things are like actual R two sized, a yes, take all my money, it's gone. Yeah, you know, just I want the the thing, but at the same time, it's like, how am I going to get that <laughs> out of the
0: airport? Yeah, how am I going to get this uh, in my luggage? Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. But
1: especially because of the fact that they're custom, and it kind of looks like here it's mostly just the custom is color options, but that's still cool.
0: And parts. I'm still definitely down so to make. Be yeah, probably right. Different parts and pieces that you could do as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I can see from the images here, like. I'm I'm just gonna be going for the R series droids because it looks like they've got the R2 unit, they've got an R3 unit, they've got an R4 and an R7. I think that's a, yeah, I think it's a seven with the the kind of uh, conical head. Yeah, uh, and the one eye. So I mean, so many options, right? Exactly. And, and yeah, it's just they they definitely know what parts of, of the franchise people want to own. Exactly. And they're really, they're really going, going at it strong. And I definitely think that's a good idea because like I said, I saw this image and me guy who's like, most of the time was like, well, you know, I don't really need this. So there's not much point in me getting, I saw this and I was like, no, I'm getting this. This is, this is, but wait, Noma,
0: that's mm -hmm. not all. If you click the next link, (laughs) what else can you buy at star Wars galaxy's edge? Even
1: more things. Uh, So the the next couple of things, they're interesting. They're not necessarily things that that I would want to buy, but I definitely can see people who would would want to. So with all of this stuff, in addition, you can also pick up a set of Jedi robes for yourself, Jedi or Sith, or uh, you can also see here Rey, um so any kind any of the kind of star wars robes i do like the female like kind
0: of costume there that looks really Mm. cool with like the hooded shawl or cowl i guess it's called
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and the kylo ren lightsaber like that all looks really really nice they did a very
0: good job with making it look like star wars like material Mm -hmm. and everything
1: yeah, it reminds me a lot of, of the, is it Universal or I can't remember who, the Harry Potter world when they were yes. selling their own wizarding robes. Yeah, It's that same kind of thing. So I can definitely see you know people going crazy about that. Um, and then below that, you've got different kinds of notebooks and cups and there's a bunch of busts of Jedi and Jedi statues, um, stone murals that look like they came from the Jedi temple that look really cool. A
0: notebook that looks like the old uh-huh. Jedi text that Rey has. I just realized yeah, that's yeah. what that was. It
1: also kind of looks like
0: it's got some
1: avatar like Earth,
0: Wind, Fire,
1: and Air kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool stuff like that. Then there's other things that look a little more niche. There's a engineer's uniform or droid engineers uniform and a first order officer's uniform.
0: So you could literally Uh, buy this, wear it in the park, and then be recognized as like an imperial or a first order like um, mm. officer. And apparently, you're going to be having like the Disney bracelet, possibly that when you make a choice it links it to your band. So when you use your band to do something else, it tracks your progress in like dark side, light side points and stuff like that. So if you wanted to go first order style, you could even cosplay it a bit, right? Which is mm. amazing. Yeah, go go
1: full in. And uh, yeah, then the, there's a couple of other things. There's there's some more, but they kind of show a Darth Maul bus, so you might be able to get Sith bus That looks well. really
0: cool too. The Darth Maul mm-hmm. one looks sick. Right?
1: Some, so there's also some little gold statues or awards, some, some little kind of like look like little sith decorations
0: it's like a sith like like, obelisk almost
1: yeah exactly sith obelisk there's a sith box and what looks like a a kind of sith container with the notebook uh kind of like a buried red kyber crystal they've also got more normal star wars attire so just you know t-shirts and kind of some some cool kind of star warsy looking inspired things that you could wear out in in you know, the non Disney Park, public. yeah, like
0: the, the, the cut of the shirts and stuff like that. The styles, like mm. it looks like Ray's outfit at the top, yeah, um, from episode seven at the very end or beginning of episode eight, and mm. then it kind of goes down into like a normal, like, shirt, uh, design or something like that, so yeah, yeah, and then they've really also really got
1: cool. like an, an orange, uh, rebel hoodie that's kind of got like, like the, a jump pile bars on the side, yeah. yeah, and then the last thing, which I didn't realize <laughs> was going to be a thing. So I was reading the the lightsaber. Yeah, right. I was reading the lightsaber description, and there's a part where they go, "Oh, and you get your own crystal, and it has a special message in it that you can only unlock with a holocron." And I read that. Oh, I I didn't uh, realize
0: that. Oh, yeah, right. So I I want this now so much. I immediately
1: immediately read that, and pessimistic, you know, me went, "Okay, great. They're gonna, I'm gonna buy the lightsaber, and there's gonna be this thing with it, and I need to spend another sixty bucks on some junky, you know, holocron." (laughs) That they didn't spend all the money on because they knew I'd need to buy it if I wanted, you know, the full, complete experience. Alright, whatever. That's why they're not showing me the picture. But on this page, they show the pictures of the Holocrons. And they both look amazing.
0: Yeah, they both look professionally both made. Both. Like, if you were to use a like Holocron look... for, like, a cosplay? This is perfect. A prop right. in a movie, even? Like these so, look so, like straight out of Rebels. Like they are amazing looking. Yeah, like, they look like the holocrons that Ezra was using for sure.
1: Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Was as soon as I saw this, I was reminded of the two holocron, the Sith and the Jedi holocron that you see in Rebels.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: and as someone who prefers a lot of Sith stuff, I, I, I usually visually like the style of the Sith more. The Jedi stuff is a little bit too. Kind of plain
0: and and um. Would you say you think out of the cube and more in the triangle format? Is that kind of your idea? Yeah, well, there's certain things. <laughs> I mean, all, all the Jedi you, you stuff. You think outside all, all... the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Right? But but a lot of the Jedi stuff for me, it, it looks very um passionless. It's And peaceful. I think that's on that, on purpose, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's supposed to be more meditative and not gaudy and you know more more inner peace kind of focused. But this holocron looks great I, I wasn't all the a fan links will of, be I, I in the description to... here you have to look oh, at yeah. them all yeah, definitely so you look at yourself yeah like i wasn't a huge fan of the holocrons and clone wars like they, they kind of looked okay but There's something about the the rebels one and this one that i really really like the look of and i'm very scared that i'll end up like making two lightsabers and then buying both holocrons and i'm oh, really I know you will concerned be. i'm really scared of how much money that's gonna cost me but we'll see but in either case, they look phenomenal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the, they are definitely things I will not be leaving uh, Galaxy's Edge without. Definitely. So that's not the end of the news. That's not the end of the news for Star Wars we're, Galaxy's Edge. Let me tell like, you. Yeah, we're like kind of halfway through at this point. Uh, so, the next article is not not so much focused on the park itself as the making of the park. so the next article is the making of star wars galaxy's edge now i, I won 't go through the full article so that you know you guys can can look at it yourself and i 'm not you know just spoiling everything for you um, but there 's a couple of really cool parts where they talk about the main attractions so you 'll be able they show a little bit of smug of the smugglers' run event that they do and Rise of Resistance. And so the parts of the of the Falcon that they show, super authentic. They look, you know, just like they do in Solo and the original trilogy.
0: They look worn um, too. Like these look like you'd have it, like it like Han Solo owned the Falcon for a while. Hmm, which is great yeah, because yeah, kind of beaten yeah.
1: down and dusty. It's yeah. not
0: it's not Lando. Lando kept it immaculate.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um and then with that, then they during Rise of the Resistance, they show you some of the, the uh, resistance stuff that you'll be seeing they show a tie fighter that's kind of in in, in its uh scale hang scale position. tie fighter yeah scale tie fighter um, which is
0: absolutely bonkers yeah it's 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 very
1: very cool and then they also talk about some of the stuff that you you'll see like how bb8 will be featured in the attraction and uh you'll kind of be you'll you'll see kylo ren and stuff like that and then they've got the falcon's cockpit showing going to light speed so there's a lot of lot of really cool things here and it looks like it's going to be a very, very fun ride to do. I'm curious how they're going to do Smuggler's Run. Because in the picture specifically, they show a family of four kind of enjoying it. But it looks like that's all the room they have. Like, it doesn't look like
0: it's, it's, it's a to it's a, it's a single, like, group ride. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. sharing an experience with other people you don't know, really.
1: Yeah, right. And so I'm curious, does that mean there's only one Smuggler's thing and the line's going to be, you know, all the tape? I think said there's
0: going to be two or three.
1: Okay, if that's the case, that makes more sense. I I don't
0: remember, though, exactly. Mm -hmm. There is something I did want to talk about quick. Um, Mm. It does say underneath that picture that Smuggler's Run is also pushing the envelope, a motion simulator attraction. It's controlled completely by the guests, and its effects are rendered in real time on Unreal Engine, commonly used in video games and mixed reality experiences. Mm-hmm. the multi-projection system and an actual amount of screen space that we had to fill and the quality that we had to fill it sets apart from what you'd be doing in a video game so basically they're using the technology they use in the movies now with the actors so then basically mm-hmm. it's a screen wrapped around the front of the falcon so like mm-hmm. you're not going to see anything of the outside world it's literally you're in space fighting this stuff it's generated you're yeah. flying the falcon you're fighting against tie fighter it's going to be Absolutely nuts! I am oh, yeah. so excited about you, this. You could
1: not get any more immersive in this unless you actually made the the patrons change their clothes into smugglers' outfits. Or you yeah, in first. exactly. <laughs> My goodness. And the other thing that they show, which I think is really cool, is right under that. They show what looks like it looks like, as far as I can tell, the real buildings that are going to be in Galaxy's Edge.
0: Yeah, because you can see drop. the shuttle
1: above. Yeah, it looks, looks so good because you can see the shuttle above and that's what kind of tells me that this is real because there's something about it that just doesn't look like a 3D render. I might be wrong in Disney's 3D no, render. that's a picture. Just, that's no, a picture I'm for sure. Wrong. Yeah, I've seen pictures of It very much looks like this a picture, picture, yeah. And so it, just, it shows you the level of detail they're going into here and it's just, my God.
0: I have to tell you one more thing. With the um, interview with Clayton Sandell on the Force cast, he did talk mm. about when you're walking into Galaxy's Edge uh you do actually run into uh, a really interesting entrance to the park so if you're coming in from a different park which you can Mm. um basically what happens is you go into like a tunnel that comes through the other side and you're in galaxy's edge Mm. but what happens is as you're going through this tunnel the outside like your vision kind of gets focused but you can't see anything until you actually walk out of the tunnel and you walk out and you are in a new galaxy So they've done perspective things on like going into that. It says here in the article here too, um, in successful landscape design, the outside world, cars, buses, and noise disappears. Often without you noticing, it's designed that way through inclines, tree placement, and horizon horizon lines. The same uh, holds true for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. As you enter, the streets envelop you, the spires, buildings, and ships that you see in the distance erase all trace of the... uh, sorry erase all trace of any other reality it's completely immersive even more so than it looks and feels like star wars Mm -hmm. dude yes yeah it's gonna be
1: insane and just in case you weren't already hyped up enough the next article that they've got uh features 27 it's it's called 27 things we learned about star wars galaxy's edge so again i'm I'm not gonna uh go through all those points because i i mean we could have a
0: four-hour show of just galaxy's edge if you want
1: yes you're, let's do you're it right
0: <laughs> uh
1: so you know you, you can you guys can look at this yourself and and kind of see all all the stuff that we've been seeing but uh some of the things some of the points that were really interesting to me uh were some of the things they say some things that, like they've tried to feature proof the park a little bit so there's going to be parts of the park that that are easy to kind of take down put up new things um keep it refreshed and up Change it, you know, as, as when they need, so that when certain things get old, you can uh, toss them out and get something new in. Um, one of the other things that I thought was interesting is, uh, as Dan pointed out to me, there's going to be loth cats, mm-hmm. uh, animatronic loth cats yeah. that are kind of hidden or just shown around the park doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, one of the things they say is that there's going to be a sleeping loth cat somewhere, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Put some some you know native, you know, fake, but looking real wildlife in the park to make it look more
0: authentic and we'll talk about animatronics uh, in just a minute because yeah. my goodness this is imagineering <laughs> mm-hmm, my goodness
1: right uh so one of the other things that they talk about and i think we talked about it a, a little bit was doc Ondar, who's supposed to be an authorian black market dealer they've got his den of antiquities that you can go into and that looks the mock-up for that looks really cool yeah they got like and a
0: swamp see- in there yeah Oh my god, the concept yes. art for this is so like a, nice.
1: Oh yeah, like there's, there's what looks like a crate dragon skeleton uh, uh, the on the roof.
0: Yeah, and it looks mm. like Duck Under on the left there. Just saw, it. so I'm assuming he's going to be animatronic yeah. as well. And he's yeah, that's true. Apparently, when he's they they had it in um, an interview where when he's mm. talking, uh, the actual like flaps that the Athorian's have on the side to like speak, those things oh, like actually thing. move, and they have like a. You know, like the thing that can translate it into common mm. or basic, like oh, basic. Okay. So, like you, yeah. it's it's gonna be legit. Mm. Like you're not you're not gonna be like, oh, that's a totally animatronic. And you'd be like, is that a guy in a costume? Mm. Like you're gonna be so blown away by the way this this whole experience takes you to a galaxy far, far away. Because like, oh my goodness, become a kid Noma. again, Noma. Become a kid. <laughs>
1: Uh, that'll actually be kind of relevant to one of the, the points we're about to talk about. But, um, yeah, one of the other things that is really cool, and you know, I expect no less from Disney after what they do at, at, at Disneyland, is that the Disney cast members will be walking around as native Batuans. Yeah. Uh, so you'll immediately be able to tell who a staff member is.
0: Yeah, it says you'll be able but, to speak yes. with them and learn from the villagers mm-hmm. of Black Spire with all different stories to tell. Some might be resistance sympathizers. Some might be First Order Loyalists. loyalists so. mm mm-hmm. And that'll be really
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of really interesting things here. Um, one of the things that I'm a little bit less excited about, and we'll get into this. I mean, at first I was really excited, and then it was a little bit like, oh, no, um, is that one of the animatronics that they have is going to be Hondo Onaka. hmm Mm-hmm. And so if you look at him, it's a little bit weird seeing him in, in real life. I mean, you know, we've only ever seen 3D renders of him. Yeah, he does look um, a little.
0: His face, to me, the only thing that makes me a little wary of it is he looks a little chunky mm. in the face. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a
1: bit of a strange amalgamation between his Clone Wars and Rebels look. Yes. Because um, he didn't really have those horns, as far as I can remember. Because this in... is
0: this takes place after Episode Eight. Yeah. So he's still alive after Episode Eight. So this is like mm-hmm. old Hondo. Yeah. And I I think the the
1: exact words I said when Dan first showed me this was, oh, God. Um, it was, yes. Yeah, and there's also, I, I didn't want to watch it until now, but there's also a a little 30-second clip where they show how they're making Hondo. And the robot itself looks horrifying.
0: With nothing oh, on my it. My God. Yeah, if it's yeah, just it, the mechanics, it looks terrifying.
1: Yeah, it looks like a horrid T-800 fusion. And this is a good time to point out, I hate animatronics.
0: <laughs> or oh, do you?
1: I oh, no hate animatronics and
0: the way that they show him oh. moving at the end it's like oh right isn't it creepily it's amazingly creepy yeah so here's the thing i hate animatronics oh my
1: god because i hate how they move That's this is something that i've hated since i was a kid um there was a a place dan i'm not sure if you've been there i barely remember it i can't even remember if it's open anymore let me check real quick it was called if i'm not mistaken cullen
0: gardens i've never been no were you were terrified by like some of the animatronics that were there when you were like a little tiny kid, and it just like petrified you to never go back and never to see animatronics yeah, again.
1: Basically, okay. because um, yeah, so it's in Whitby, apparently. Uh, oh, Whitby, in Ontario. Hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh no, this says Cullen Central Park. I'm thinking of a different one over here, which is called. It's, oh no, it is in Whitby. Never mind. Cullen Gardens and Miniature Village. Yeah, well, yeah, you got so to
0: look at the 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 technology that Disney's Imagineering has versus mm. Collins Park in yes. Whitby, Ontario.
1: Oh no, exactly. And and like that that's kind of the whole thing where it was like they they had this old timey like um kind of pioneers pilgrims era uh house and little place like that and there were all these animatronic puppets in there and the way they moved absolutely terrified me as a kid. Yeah, I, I didn't remember...
0: like animatronics much either when I was a kid to be honest. Yeah, like I I do remember Coming back
1: from that trip, crying because of how much the puppet scared me, um, and I've never, I've never liked. That's that is my line for Uncanny Valley for me. This when is yeah, this is
0: Uncanny them. Valley.
1: Yeah, this when is, you see them moving like that, and it's that jerky kind of stop. Like, this I, I do not I was yeah, I was like five or six when I went to the, there yeah. originally, and yeah, it was it was just my whole mind was screaming. This is wrong. This is wrong. Something's not right here.
0: Yeah, like so, it, it, something the, feels off. But like with these things. The Disney's yeah. Imagineering, you're like, oh, my
1: god. Yeah, so that that's actually the thing is, I hadn't seen him moving, and now that I'm actually seeing him moving, I don't get that same like revulsion from it. This... For me, it's
0: like like you said, the the jumpy movement is what really tips you off to being animatronic. Yeah, this is so smooth that it's even more uncanny valley though. You know what I mean? Like the only way this could get more creepy. Is if they were actually able to walk around on their own and interact with people, mm-hmm. that would be terrifying, but amazing. And see,
1: that, and see, that's where it becomes interesting because we actually have differing opinions there. Because the way he's moving actually makes me like okay with it.
0: That's interesting. Where I'm like,
1: yeah, I'm like this. I can I can handle easily. Um, I can still tell it's not human movements because there's little tiny idiosyncrasies and, and little...
0: Right. Um, not all movements. the servos can get, get to where they need to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just, there's just certain things you're not going to be able to make look human.
0: Um, but it definitely looks but, a lot better than what we had in Whippy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: right? And because it's that much better, I'm actually looking at this and being like, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually fine with this.
0: Yes, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm really excited to see it because I was a little... Wary of them having somebody dressed up as Hondo and just walking around and trying to impersonate them. Mm-hmm. But if this is a robot where they can have the person uh, Jim Cummings do the vo- voice for it and have like set lines and stuff like that, and he can interact with you at certain areas in the park, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like I'm happy with this. Oh
1: decision. yeah. Decision.
0: I'm just saying, like this. The, I I didn't realize how far robotics has come. Oh Until yeah, I've seriously. seen this video. You know what I mean. And
1: I- I'd, I'd love to see a little bit more in-depth look because i get the feeling because of the way he's moving that they actually animated a 3d character to do and that and then yeah and then transferred that into the animatronic base which has so got him crazy. to be based off the 3d uh
0: animation exactly
1: so i'd love to i'd love to see if that's true because that was the first thing that came to mind it looks kind of very it looks very similar to that because you can see like but them I'm... on the
0: computer there with the te- with the program they're using
1: to yeah, kind of yeah
0: move the mannequin around yeah so, exactly yeah but on the same kind of vein as that
1: immersion, uh, the next article that we've got is showing off the cast member costumes for these Galaxy's nice. Edge. Oh, yeah. These look really, really cool. So it's interesting because some of the – like the very first picture that they show, the mannequin on the far left just kind of looks like a normal person.
0: With a big <laughs> parka on. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just a big poofy parka and uh, a beanie and like jeans and high leather boots. <laughs> yeah,
0: like and guys. I was just like,
1: that yeah. doesn't look. But then the next two look a lot more Star Warsy. Yeah, something about that that style of green that they use on the pants and, and the just brown. that. Yeah, and the brown, the texture and, and of the jacket, a bunch of those things. Yeah, right. Like it, it makes it look a lot, a lot more Star Warsy because it looks a lot less like something you'd see normally. Exactly. Um, yeah, they also show off some interesting stuff. It looks like there's going to be Resistance and First Order uh, members that walking are going to be around. walking around because they've yeah. got Resistance and First Order costumes. Um, and then they've got different costumes for the bar and the cantinas. Or actually, not, sorry, it says busser, which I think it means for the restaurant. Um, kind of like bussing tables and stuff, I yeah. assume.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, and, then,
1: and then cantina people and then normal villagers. And they all look very, like, it's it's you know it's clear that a lot of effort's been put into how these costumes will look and
0: i really kind of hope the, des- mm-hmm.
1: the design of kind of like a, a rural village kind of thing
0: yeah i really hope they don't just have humans only like if they had like zabrax mm. people like actually up and like maybe be in like alien outfits and stuff where they actually like the, mm. the the head pieces can move and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah yeah i hope they don't just have humans because that would that would take you a little bit out of the Star Wars universe, a bit, because there's so much variety of race and species in the Star Wars universe that you'd expect mm-hmm. that in like a cantina, especially, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think the big question there would be how far, and I have I have no idea, but how far has have face prosthetic technology in
0: the movies? I've seen the prosthetics for Episode Eight and Episode yeah. Seven, and my God, yeah. it's become a it's come a long way.
1: Yeah, because if you can, if you can like slip on a mask and then go yeah, around doing you that. Can. Because like yeah, then then I assume it would be great
0: um there was uh the guy who played Neon Nub originally in episode mm. six uh oh. he wore a mask, I think, oh no, it was a puppet at the time, so Neon Nub mm. was' a puppet in episode six now he's an actual like costume, and the oh, like okay. you, the mouth movements and stuff are uh, attached to your jaw like it, there's a mm. chin strap or whatever that helps you move the mouth, huh which is amazing. So like, there's a, like a lot of small little improvements that they've done to make it more immersive and more lifelike. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, th- I think as, as just from, from me kind of thinking from the Disney
1: corporate mindset, I feel like if you could make it so that the prep to, to put something like that on would be like five minutes, you know, two to five minutes. Yeah. Yeah then i think that would be perfect but i know for some prosthetics it takes you know 2 hours 4 hours exactly if it was something like that you you couldn't you know you couldn't get that done but yeah that's a good point it would be really cool to see different alien races um walking around and exactly because yeah, so far
0: sure. we've in the in concept art and stuff all you've seen is the anim- animatronic aliens but not cast members mhm so we'll see um and the last yep. piece of news here is an interesting one when is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening in uh, mm-hmm. A- in Anaheim and in Florida? So, yeah, that
1: also brings up something I didn't realize. I didn't realize there were two Galaxy's Edges opening.
0: Yeah, which is <laughs> going to be interesting to see the difference or similarities between both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so
1: the Disneyland Anaheim is going to be the first one you'll be able to see because that one will open on May 31st, and the... Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. (laughs) I read, no, I didn't read that right. Anaheim is May 31st. Yep. And the Disneyland or the Disney World Florida will be getting their Galaxy's Edge on August 29th.
0: So this tells me something. Uh, No, my birthday is on August 26th. (laughs) So, as a podcast birthday present, I Mm -hmm. think you and Ed have to pitch in and get us to go down to
1: Galaxy's Edge. I, I will accept that. If for fundraising money, I'm allowed to sell one of your
0: kidneys. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let me just look up how much kidneys go for on the internet okay. here.
1: I mean, you got two kidneys, you got two <laughs>
0: lungs. You don't need two <laughs> lungs. Yeah, right. I don't hey, you're so liver... much air.
1: Yeah, and your liver is the fastest regrowing organ in your body. So I mean, you know, <laughs> let's just you know what? Let's just do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so August 29th, I'm excited to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge open because we live in Ontario, in the mm-hmm. Toronto area. And uh, for us to get down to Florida is a lot easier than us to get over to California. Yeah. Um, a, Florida, a flight from Toronto is like two hours from Toronto to Florida. Okay. And then a flight to Anaheim, you got to stop in Chicago and fly over usually. And uh, gotcha. when I went to Star Wars Celebration over there in 2015, it was about total of six and a half hours plus you have to deal with all the time changes yeah because you go back i think three or four hours because you're going to the pacific standard time Mm. so yeah i'm so happy that they're opening galaxy's edge florida not that long after Mm -hmm. a few months which will help with the volume in both right because the anaheim one's going to be swamped with a lot of people that live in california and have passes for disney um, mm-hmm. And then when Florida opens, that will happen for the Florida residents as well. But then there's also going to be people going to both, right? So, mm.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be insanity. So that was so. an
0: hour of us talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Let's move into the hour of us talking about Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for Star Wars Celebration Chicago, we have a lot of news as well. I'll try and mm-hmm. keep it brief. So the first thing we want to talk about is... They released Star Wars Celebration art. Basically, what it is is a whole bunch of artists in the world have um, created designs and have been chosen by Lucas Art or Lucasfilm. Lucas thats like the old video game, yeah, uh, yeah. faction faction part of um, Star or uh, Lucasfilm. But uh, Lucasfilm mm-hmm. and and Disney chose a whole bunch of artists that they do every year. Um, a lot of them are returning, but there are some new ones, I believe. And you have mm-hmm. art from like Brian Miller, Chrissy Chung, uh, Jerry Vanderstelt. One of my favorites, Chris Trevis. Uh, he's awesome. We have Darren Tan and so many more. Um, I know I pre-ordered some prints uh, to mm-hmm. go down to Celebration to pick up. So then I know I had a copy since they are usually limited to about 250 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones I bought was uh, by Chris D and it was pack hunt and basically it's like a ground looking up to the sky um at the about waist level of a B2 B2 battle droid and you see it looks like wolf and a whole bunch of or two other clones in his squad jetpacking mm-hmm. down and like gunning down this this B2 battle droid actually then, yeah looking at it
1: i think it's actually four clone troopers cuz there's two in the extreme background
0: oh there is there. yeah there is you're right yeah, and then you can see the Lat gunship there, and I'm not sure oh, what yeah. other ship that is in the background, the right above the moon, to the right of the Lat. I don't know, but well, I'll have to see that when I when I pick it up. Mm. The other one I really enjoyed was the one by Malcolm Tween, and it's called oh, Mandalorian, yeah. and it just mm. evokes pure Star Wars joy from me. It's got Boba Fett yeah. on the left looking at the Falcon flying away from, like, a sandstorm on the right. And Boba's, like, kind of just standing in front of a cave on, like, a desert planet. So, like, it just looks so good.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and so Dan showed this to me. And I think as soon as we finished talking, I bought this one. This one. <laughs> and on the off chance that he's listening to this podcast, I don't think he is. But if he is, Malcolm Tween, when I show up to get this print... I've got some questions for you because, my God, the composition is beautiful. The color palette is so perfect. There's so many elements of this this print that are working together so well on so many levels. It is mind-blowing.
0: Yeah. And so this is a quote from Malcolm Tween that they had, and it says, I love to see images that aren't directly taken from the films, but to help fill in the gaps and background around those events. It's also very nice to see to focus a little on the ships and environments of Star Wars universe to help to help tell a story too, and of course it's great to finally do a print featuring Boba Fett. He's on the hunt, so I'm, oh, I'm yeah. assuming this is Episode Four, possibly because oh, that's true. he's running away from Jabba, flying it looks off a desert planet, and the only time the Falcon's on a desert planet is Tatooine, from my memory. Hmm. So that might be the case there. So that's that's an amazing art print. So if that's you true. haven't. If you haven't looked at the art yet, we'll see, we'll have a link in the description. Click mm-hmm. it, look. If you're going to Star Wars Celebration, pre-order them. If you're not, I believe you can actually get them shipped to you as well. So double okay. check to make sure if they're available to be shipped to you, and maybe you can get a, a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to come up with the, the next one here, Noma? <laughs> well, because this one's I'm up your slightly alley. biased towards it. Well, no, <laughs> I, I would love it too. I'm just saying that you have more expertise than I do.
1: That is that is a fair point.
0: All right. Uh yeah,
1: so the next thing is that at uh Star Wars Celebration, uh Fantasy Flight is going to be there and they are going to be showing off an exclusive which is a limited edition Darth Vader figure for the Star Wars Legions game. And I had said in an earlier uh episode that I was very tempted to start Legion just because of the death troopers. And if anything was going to push me over the edge, if I can get my hands on it, I don't know if I will, but if I can get my hands on it, I will be getting this exclusive Vader because, my God, does he look cool. <laughs> it looks amazing.
0: Now, yeah, we will be talking about it later, but exclusives at conventions, especially something that's limited like this, yes. uh, your expectations of getting it have to be lowered significantly. And we'll talk about that later in our final segment of the show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, Dan's completely right. I, as much as I love this Vader, the limited edition version of him is shows him on an exclusive sculpted base, which is a bunch of rocks that he's ripping out of the ground with the Force. Um, as much as I love the look of this model, I am not banking on actually getting it. It's usually safer to do that. Uh, as we said, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, no, that will he'll be like 200 bucks on there. Easily. Yeah, but if I can... This would be the thing that would tip me over and get me to start playing Legion.
0: Yeah, it I can. I can think. Ed, Ed would probably buy this too.
1: Oh yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll I, probably be fighting each other. There will be. There will probably be a bloodbath if we both get there and there's only one left. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I'm not too sure. <laughs> we'll be how... knocked down to two uh, two hosts permanently. <laughs> exactly. I'm not too sure how much uh, these kits usually cost, but my my guess to see how how much this would cost, I would say maybe forty to forty five dollars American. Uh, but that's just a a guess. I'm not sure if they're like $20 or $30, but usually exclusives go for a little bit more and about the $40 to $45 price range is about right. So Mm. I'm assuming it's going to be around there. So make sure if you are trying to get something like this exclusive, get there early. Make sure you line up like as early as you can, like three o'clock or earlier, honest to God, Um, because it just, you won't get it (laughs) otherwise. You know what I mean? Um, Pretty much. So yeah. There's that. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is some panels that are happening at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we just got announced recently that Star Wars Episode Nine panel is coming to Star Wars Celebration Chicago. It will be on the galaxy, or sorry, it will be on the uh, the celebration stage, I believe, and it will be basically covering a lot of news and information about Episode Nine i'm gonna tell you right now is probably gonna <laughs> be a uh, trailer <laughs> um revealed there and probably the title if it's not already released oh, they're yeah, very expecting yeah the title announcement for the last two movies like for rogue one i believe it was not rogue one uh so no episode seven episode eight at star wars celebration they showed trailers <laughs> for both of them at the actual episode nine or whatever panel right um mm-hmm. there will be overflow stations now We'll talk about this in the later uh, segment as well for our tips for Star Wars celebration. But if you don't mm-hmm. put it into a panel, there are sometimes, for big panels like this one, overflow stages where you go to another stage like the celebration stage or the galaxy or twin sun stages, and there's a live stream. So you're seeing it as it's being uh, said, but you're just in a different room sitting down and it's on a screen. So um, that's something to look up and make sure to add to your schedules if you're interested in episode nine. The next thing we got, which is another thing I got to add to my schedule. Oh, my God. Every (laughs) year, there's an animation, at least one animation panel. But this year, they're doing three. There's going to be a Resistance, which I can guarantee you there most likely will be a uh, Season 2 trailer for Resistance. Mm -hmm. There will also most likely be Season 2 Episode 1 revealed at that panel. Because every time I've been to a Star Wars Rebels panel when it was coming out when the new season was coming out and it was a panel for Star Wars Rebels, they would show you the first episode um, as well as the trailer. So keep your, keep in mind that. It might not be the case for this because it's ending so close. Uh, like the next episode ends this weekend, I, I believe, uh, for the series of mm. season one of Resistance. So it might not be ready yet. I'm assuming we're going to get something like that. Uh, there's going to be another panel for uh, hashtag remember, or Rebels Remembered panel um and that was a hashtag up on twitter that everyone loved it was for march i believe it was march like 9th or something like that um and basically it's gonna be talking about a lot of the stuff from star wars rebels you could probably have some cast up on stage taylor gray it says dave filoni vanessa marshall tia sarkar um now the interesting thing with these panels if dave filoni's on the panel usually there's something amazing gonna happen and and that's Either a trailer, if it's a new series. This one probably not. Mm. Maybe some concept art that maybe wasn't used or was changed in the progress of making a character. Um, and he talks about how it's art points and his design concepts and things. And the other mm. one is lost episodes. So maybe something that was going to be animated or was partially animated and they didn't make the cut for the season. And they did those Clone Wars. So I know they ended Rebels on a good note and where they wanted to end it, but they might have some content that they might show us. So That's
1: true. Alternate um,
0: scenes or things like that. Exactly. Um, Or like a little bit more information on Bendu or, you know, uh, Sith Holocron or like maybe some ideas behind the the Sith Temple or what happened at the battle of that Sith Temple at the end of season two. You know what I mean? mean? That's true. So there's going to be some interesting things there. And now the last Mm. one is going to be the Star Wars Clone Wars panel. And that's going to give you a sneak peek of things to come, which means (laughs) a trailer, number one, a trailer, because it's coming out later this Mm -hmm. year, It is also going to mean we're going to get episode one. Guaranteed. I would 100% give you, I don't know, I I would bet you anything to tell you that we're going to get a trailer and we're going to get an episode. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's Star Wars Celebration. Clone Wars is coming back. It is going to happen. Um, Now, the dates for these panels are um, Saturday, April 13th is the Rebels Remembered panel. Uh, Sunday, April 14th is the Clone Wars panel. And Monday, April 15th is the Resistance panel. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of really interesting panels coming up that way. We do have another animation uh, panel coming up. It's for Star Wars Lego. Um, so they have a panel on Saturday, April 13th. Uh, They have a time here, too, actually. This is interesting. They don't normally have times yet, but 11.45 to 12.45 will be uh, the creative forces behind the Freemaker Adventures and uh, Star Wars All-Stars. So they'll be up on stage talking about it and saying why this is something that they have put so much effort into and loved and heard the fans um, loving it as well. Now, I haven't watched much of uh, All-Stars or at all, but I have watched a little bit of Freemaker Adventures. And it's actually a pretty interesting Lego series. Like, Star mm-hmm. Wars, it's it's like, how do they put it? It's not canon, but it's like canon adjacent is what they call it.
1: Okay, like alternate you know I mean? timeline or something. Yeah,
0: kind of. And so, it follows a family of, of uh, people and they basically get into adventures and things and like get into trouble and fix stuff and whatnot but it also brings in the aspect of Lego building, right? So like, oh, we need this part. Oh, we need to go get that part. Let's go to this planet to get this piece. Um, So it's pretty cool. We have a panel on that. Give me a second here. We're talking so much. (laughs) (laughs) Next panel that we have is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge panel has been announced for, um, does it say? It just says there's going to be a panel. I don't think there is actually a time. So um, there will be details later, but there will be a panel for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Funny enough, I'm not sure why they would do a panel when they've released so much information right now. Mm. I don't know what they're going to be doing here. They may give you like an idea of like, oh, maybe you can get a Star Wars uh, Celebration exclusive discount pass um, that they're going to announce or uh, Star Wars celebration um exclusive merchandise for galaxy's edge I, I i just don't know um the the one thing i can
1: definitely kind of see them doing is i'm sure they're gonna have some kind of uh montage film
0: where they show the you
1: yeah like where they show you what the actual stuff looks like now because i mean they're at the point now where most of the most of the stuff should be completed right yeah yeah the guy that so went the, par-
0: the guy that went in uh, Sandel he went in and he said, "There's mm. they're still working on it and still painting things because some things were just like covered in primer and whatnot, mm. but they're getting there. Like it's real close." So. Oh yeah.
1: So in another month's time, I'm sure they'll they'll have you know showing you the insides of stuff, showing you what some of the rides look like in 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 motion, um, you know trays of the food and stuff like that, little panorams of that kind of stuff. Yep. Just to you know get the hype up, and then eventually release those online for other people to see as well.
0: For sure. Mm-hmm. all right and the next panel i think this is, is this the last panel that we have announced nope two more all right so this one is star wars jedi fallen order video game panel announced <laughs> for celebration chicago we're gonna walk into that panel ea is gonna be up there and be like sorry guys we canceled it bye yeah that's what i that's what i'm betting on yeah no it's gonna be on april 13th. here's another battlefield game for you <laughs> it's gonna be april 13th and uh on saturday and uh we're gonna see basically i'm assuming a trailer for the game um, now they have done in the past at all the other panels that I went to it for Battlefront at least, uh, which was EA. They had a bundle that with uh, they announced, which was a Star Wars edition PS4 with the game, and uh, basically you you could win it uh, by be, like random choice I believe. And then there was also people that when you sat down in your chair underneath the chair there was a ticket, and it you obviously didn't check because he didn't know until uh they said hey everyone take a look under your chair at the end of the panel and see if you have a ticket come up to the stage because you want a playstation 4 bundle and hmm. so they might do the same thing with this um it's possible
1: so you're you're saying you're gonna drag me to the ea b- b- panel the company i hate just in case i win a ps4
0: <laughs> uh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so it says in oh, the special panel EA and Respawn will pull back the curtain on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in which gamers will meet a Padawan who survived Order 66 and explore a galaxy in a time after the fall of the Jedi Order. So I'm assuming this is a character we haven't met before. Um, It's a Padawan, so it's the same age as around what Kanan is, and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what they come up with here, um, to see what the storyline is, because this is the first story-heavy Star Wars game in a long time. Ooh, story-heavy. Who knows about that? (laughs) <laughs> this has to be story heavy. If it's not, it's not a game. Next panel. Hopefully. I mean, the the,
1: <laughs> the one thing that I'm hopeful for is that Respawn did... Oh, no. Wait, it wasn't a Respawn, was it? it was, was it Sledgehammer?
0: What are you talking about?
1: I was going to say Titanfall 2.
0: That was Respawn. Uh,
1: that was Respawn. Okay, yeah, so... Respawns, Titanfall 2, that story that story mode was actually really good. I was very impressed with uh how solid the story was for that.
0: And if it's a Jedi, I'm assuming like with this storyline specifically, the story group had to be involved heavily. Because they wouldn't so. just throw another Jedi in there. It has to be a specific Jedi, right? It has to be someone that we either don't know or someone that would make sense you just can't be like oh bob <laughs> survived the jedi fall and now he's just gonna be kanan's best friend you know like, maybe
1: maybe it'll be galen merrick also known as star killer
0: no <laughs>
1: you have to pull another star destroyer out of the air
0: yeah maybe <laughs> all right our next panel is star wars episode one the phantom menace 20th anniversary panel which was announced. This was the first panel that was announced and it's on Monday, April 15th. Sadly, I don't think we're going to be able to make this one because we're flying back to Toronto that day around five o'clock, four o'clock. So by the time we have to get to the airport and whatnot, I don't think we're going to make this one. Although I would love to Um, (laughs) just because episode one, it's got that special place in my heart. Um, So yeah, episode one panel, if you're a big fan, if you're not a big fan, I I suggest go anyway and see what you think if you can make it um, mm-hmm. just to see if it changes your opinion. Speaking of extra Star Wars stuff and people that may be on stage, we have guests announced. A lot of guests. So, let me get into this here. We have Paul Bettany who played Dryden Voss in Star Wars Solo. We have mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed who is Bodhi Rook in Star Wars Rogue One. We have... Hermione Corfield, who played the Resistance pilot Tally Lintra, Taliesin Lintra, in Star Wars Episode Seven and Eight, so they're gonna be coming. We also have Forrest Whitaker as Sagrera from Rogue One. We have uh, Academy Award-winning actor, uh, actress, actually it should say, uh, joined by with uh, Katie Sackhoff, who is the Mandalorian warrior Bo-Katan from Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, We have a whole bunch of droid builder uh, community members, Lee Towersy, Josh Lee, Matt Denton. We actually get to have Hugh Quorshy, who played Queen Amidala's lawyer protector in The Phantom Menace, Captain Panaka, which is awesome. I don't think he's ever Mm -hmm. been to a celebration, so I may have to talk to him too and get an autograph on my Blu-ray set. Next, (laughs) Next set of guests. We have comedian and longtime Star Wars fan Bobby Moynihan, who plays... Uh, the character uh, Orca in um, Star Wars Resistance. We have Warwick Davis, which we knew he was coming uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a host, but not as a guest. Uh, he will be uh, available for autographs, I'm assuming, here. And he played Wicket in Return of the Jedi. We also have um, Lorne Peterson, Annabelle Davis, who played it looks like a little... I can't remember what that creature is called, the, the species... But they're in Star Wars mm. Resistance 2. And they're like little like uh, little aliens that have like yellowy, furry ho- like heads that are pretty big with like goggles on their face. I can't remember what they're it, called.
1: It looks like someone combined an Ugnot with a minion and they gave it fur.
0: Yes, exactly what it looks like. <laughs> and then we have Penny McCarthy, which she's an older lady. She was actually in episode four, and she was hired to create models for the uh, industrial light and magic so she'll be there as well mm-hmm. um which is awesome to see we're not done yet we have so many more all right <laughs> we have ray park who i w- i knew exactly he was coming he always goes to conventions i love this mm-hmm. man ray park such a char- uh, charismatic person in the star wars community he is so happy to be there for fans and just talk with fans and and just enjoy the company matt lanter who played anakin skywalker in star wars clone wars and rebels we also have Tia Sarkar, who played the Mandalorian uh, Sabine Wren in Star Wars Rebels. By the way, I met Tia Sarkar at the last celebration, and she is such a positive influence and just a positive <laughs> personality. She, I, I was in line to get autographs for my, my, my art print, um, and she she took the time to just stop and say hi and ask about you know what we're enjoying about the convention and just... Just be a person to each other, you know? You can have that weird celebrity fan interaction where it's a little like quick and like it's a whirlwind. You don't really know what happened and then it's like, okay, I didn't really get to meet them. Tia Sarkar, for everybody that was there, she took the time and talked with everybody to the point where her handlers, the people that worked with her from the convention, were like, we need to move the line because it's not going to get through in time. <laughs> so it was really nice I- to talk to her.
1: I I laughed a second ago, or a couple seconds ago, there because the way you said that, you paused like you were going to say the exact opposite. Oh, you're going to be like, "Like she's such a terrible."
0: (laughs) No, no, the opposite of that. She is. I, I, I have yet to meet a more positive person in my life, and that's coming from me, the most positive positive person 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 that I have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That a lot of people have said that you're the most positive person I've ever met in your life. So. Yeah, if you get a chance to meet Tia, she is fantastic. Uh, The next few people that we have, this is the last set of people that were announced. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry that it's just been like a lightning storm. Billy (laughs) D. Williams. He's in episode nine, and he will be attending Star Wars Celebration. He will be jacked, by the way, because he has a uh, Twitter account, and he posts him working out all the time. So he is going to be a jacked, jacked Billy D. We also get Alan Tudyk who played K2SO mm-hmm. in Rogue One. We have Freddie Prinze Jr., who played Kanan in Rebels. Taylor Gray, who played Ezra in Rebels. We have a whole bunch more. We have Anthony Forrest, uh, who was a stormtrooper on Tatooine, who got Jedi mind Track by Obi-Wan Kenobi. John Morton, best known as Dak, uh, from Episode 5, where he dies from the walker stepping on him.
1: Uh, Well, the blaster first, right?
0: Blaster kills him, and then, yeah, he gets stepped on. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He dies from the blaster fire as we found out in Lost Stars. Yes. And um, then he
1: super dies from the Adat.
0: Yes. And then Julian <laughs> Glover, who played General Veers in uh episode Ooh. four, I believe. Five. Nice. No, episode no. five. Yeah, he's the Adat commander. Yeah, yeah. General Veers. Yeah. Uh Michael Culver, who was also the ill fated Captain Nita in Oh yeah. Captain Nita? I don't remember. Yeah, episode S- five?
1: Um he is the one who It's sure, right? What
0: Play yeah, because
1: yeah, because he has that line, "Apology accepted, Captain Nida."
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then he kills him. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to remember what that was for, though. I think it's for letting the Falcon escape. Uh, yeah, it is in the in the storm. Yeah. in the in the into the asteroid field. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh my God, that was a lot of news for just two things. We told, we said at the beginning of the show. Yeah, there's not a lot of news this this time, so we're going to take it easy. It's been an hour and 30 minutes, roughly, of us recording, and we're not done yet. We still have some yeah. stuff to do. So our next section here is going to be our tips for Star Wars Celebration, for people that have been to conventions before, for people who have not been to conventions before. Uh, we Noma has some experience going to some anime conventions and I believe mm-hmm. Fan Expo a few times in Toronto. And yep. uh, I have experience going to... Um, anime convention, Fan Expo, Star Wars Celebration—that's about it. So, um, the first thing uh, we want to talk about is hygiene. Um, yeah. We've been to enough conventions to know that sometimes when you are really exhausted at the end of the day, and you're just, you know, what, like, oh my god, I gotta go to bed. I just need to get some rest. Uh, sometimes people forget to have a shower and 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 actually use proper hygiene practice at conventions. Yeah. But just a reminder for everyone who is going, I'm assuming all our listeners are going to be fine, but hygiene.
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, is that Star Wars fans uh, might be a little more uh, hygienic than anime fans. No offense to anime fans, but if you've been to a convention... Because we're anime fans. you, You know what... Yeah, exactly. I'm a huge anime fan. But you know what... If you've been to a convention, you know what we're talking about. It's usually there. And I mean, I know in some cases it's because, you know, some people just aren't used to regularly watching their hygiene in real life or yeah, you know, outside of conventions, that's just how they normally are. But I mean, just for the sake of every everyone, if you're going to a convention, if you're going to a place with a lot of people, you know, please remember to shower, please remember to use deodorant. It you know, just just make it so that it's a it's a pleasant experience for everyone, just because you can't smell this is one of my one of my greatest fears <laughs> is the fact that just because oh, I see this is going. you or I can't smell it doesn't mean that other people can't smell it exactly and one of my greatest fears has always been that I stink but yeah i can't but I can't tell, and everyone else can smell it and just because you, and i but I know some people who are the opposite who think that because they can't smell it, they don't smell, and that is not true.
0: And I just want to point experience, out <laughs> experience in w- high school. I wanna I wanna point out something too, is make sure that you take into consideration as well that you are in a place with a lot of people, like tens mm-hmm. of thousands of people. You may be shoulder to shoulder with some people, you may be sitting in a room for a lot of period of time, you will be sweaty, you will be yep. walking around about ten thousand to fifteen thousand steps a day. So if you're not used to that, you will be sweating more than normal. So Make sure that you are using these best practices for hygiene just because you are exerting yourself possibly more than what you're used to, right? I know yeah. a lot of people that don't have that many steps in a day, and <laughs> it just it, – it can really take a toll for you. Um, so, yeah.
1: And, just... and on that – sorry. On that note as well because Dan's right. You're taking a lot of steps. You're walking around all day. Remember to stay hydrated. Remember yes. to not push yourself. You don't want to get muscle cramps or pull something. You know, any, you know, Dan's right. I sit in front of a – my job is I sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day. So I don't get that much exercise. And it would suck if on the first day I pulled a muscle or something and couldn't walk for their, yeah. the rest of the convention. So, so that, remember that, to pace yourself and stay hydrated.
0: That brings me to my other points here. Uh, make mm. sure you bring water bottles with you because you don't want to spend like $5 on a bottle of water at a convention yeah. when you can just bring in your own bottle of water. The best practice I think here would be bring a refillable, reusable bottle. Um, mm-hmm. that you enjoy that keeps your water cold or, uh, whatever you put in there. I would recommend water just because it's the best way to stay hydrated. Um, oh, yeah. some snacks, maybe to be, uh, extra careful of bringing, uh, like peanut snacks, stuff like that, just because you're in a center yeah. of a community where there's a lot of different people and they may have allergies, possibly anaphylactic. I'm sure they'll have their EpiPens and stuff, but as a teacher, I just have to keep that in mind myself. So if you are bringing snacks like protein bars and stuff that kind of fill you up for a little bit as a small piece of, of food, make sure it is like peanut free, just just to be kind and considerate to other people in the convention. Um, other things like bringing a backpack, making sure that you have something to carry, the things you buy in, making sure that you have something to carry your extra stuff in, um, which brings me to my other points here where make sure you wear comfortable shoes. Um, We talked about you might be taking 10 to 15,000 steps or more a day. Um, Just be careful that you don't wear shoes like flip-flops because your feet will be punished by the end of the day. Make sure you have a good arch support, that kind of thing. Um, Just because if you're wearing dress shoes or if you're wearing flip-flops, you're probably going to have really sore feet and you may pull something just because you're not walking properly for that amount of time. Mm. Um, things that you might wanna keep in mind to carry with you as well are uh, extra chargers, battery packs for your technology. Um, I know up in Canada here, you, they range from like a 2000 mega amp hour to 20 to 30,000 megaamp hours, which gives you about 2000 megaamps is about one charge for a normal smartphone. So if you're looking at 10,000, you're looking at almost four to five charges for a normal device. And if you keep that charged at the beginning of the day, you should be able to get through your day pretty easily. You'll be taking mm-hmm. lots of pictures. You'll be taking lots of videos. You may even do live streams if you have data and you want to share it with people on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever, right? Or mm-hmm. Twitch. So if you're doing that kind of stuff, make sure you bring charges for your tech and you can throw that in your backpack. Make sure you bring your cords for that stuff. Um, some other things, one that I didn't realize that I needed uh, when I came to Star Wars Celebration 2015 was a poster tube. Um, I didn't think I was going to buy any art prints because I didn't think about it until I was there. And I went in and I looked at the art. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing art. And I really would love to support these artists and have these for my home. And so I bought a few of them. And I'm like, wait a minute, how am I transporting these back? Because they just give you like (laughs) a little plastic bag to put it in. Mm -hmm. But by the time it gets home in a plastic bag, it's going to be destroyed, crumpled, ripped, teared, right? So a poster tube. Creased. <laughs> yeah, the poster tubes, they, they range from like a cardboard tube with plastic ends to a like a, a poly like plastic kind of tube, see-through tube or whatever. Mm-hmm. I bought a tube that was nice and big and I could fit all my posters in it. And then I realized when I got home that night in the hotel that it didn't fit in my luggage. It was about an, a half Ooh. foot too <laughs> big for my luggage. So I, yeah. I, t- I took it back to the convention And as I was sitting in line for Carrie Fisher, I believe, um, which was a long lineup. I was there for about two to three hours for her autograph. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I had my poster tube on my back. So I bought a new one that fit in my luggage. And then Mm. I put it on my back and I put like a sticky note on it. And I said, $5. And so I was just talking to people (laughs) online. And then a guy like... Later in the line, he's like, hey, man, are you still... Are you wanting to sell that poster tube? I'm like, yeah, actually. I, I bought it, but it's too big for my luggage. So he's like, hey, here's five bucks. So I gave it to him and he took it. And I think I bought the tube for like 10 bucks. So he got a really good deal. I just wanted to get rid of it, right? And I didn't want to just throw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's that story for you. Poster tubes. If you're getting art or any type of paper type stuff, good idea. Um, A few other things. Um panels if you're going to do panels um make sure that you look at the schedule ahead of time they'll be releasing they have a star wars celebration app that's available right now in the app store on most of like android and apple store it's the 2017 star wars celebration app at the moment they will be updating either that one or bringing out a new app for 2019 star wars celebration chicago and they have all the events in there, you can make your own schedule and stuff. I 100% recommend looking in there ahead of time, figuring what panels you're interested in. Um, and you'd be surprised, some of the smaller panels that are like very niche, you will find that you're like, you know, I think I might enjoy something about this or like, I don't know too much about this. Maybe I could go to it and you will be surprised at what you can find. Like there was a panel that I went to at Star Wars Celebration 2017 in uh, Orlando. And it was Mm. the woman of Star Wars panel. And they had like Ashley Eckstein on stage. Tia Sarkar, I believe, was on stage. And at the end of the panel, they brought... Or near the end of the panel, they brought out Daisy Ridley. And she just like walked on stage (laughs) and was like, Hey guys, how's it going? You know, like just like a completely like amazing guest... uh, Celebrity guest appearance on stage, right? So Mm. that was really cool to see that. So take a look at those. Make sure that if you do get to go to some of the, like if you, if you don't get to do anything uh, for the, that specific panel and you missed it, if you it got in the line a little too late or uh, it's full and you can't get in, that kind of stuff, don't get too disappointed mm-hmm. because most of the panels that are being uh, at, like that are going to be at Star Wars Celebration, they will have as streaming online on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, and they'll be available for video on demand. So when you're done the day, you can go back to your hotel room or you can go back at the end of the convention go home and watch them on your tv and see what you missed um and i guarantee you you'll be waiting in a line and someone's going to be talking about something you will be like oh really did you get to go and you can talk to them about that panel that they got to see um speaking of lines make sure you plan for lines uh if a panel starts at one o'clock pm you want to get there an hour maybe two hours earlier with the way that normal lines work at a convention basically it's first come first serve right so if you get to a Mm -hmm. panel and there's 150 people lined up and they will let a hundred people in. You're probably not going to get in. Right. They usually put enough people to fill the seats and maybe some in the standing room, but they can't exceed certain size limits for rooms for fire code. So mm. if you're going to get to a panel, don't, don't arrive 10 to 15 minutes early thinking that you're going to get in, but okay. it's always a good idea to maybe just check if you're going to be, if you're like, Oh, I'm 15 minutes out from this panel starting, go check the line and see. Because it might be it might be empty, right they might have let people in. people might have left that kind of stuff. I remember I got into the battlefront panel like about an hour before it got in, and it was it was packed. They were so packed the line was so long they had to actually move us into an extra room to hold us for the hour. so we're just sitting in a room talking to people and playing games on our phones, waiting for us to get <laughs> let into this room so
1: and yeah some something that is on that same vein, planning for lines. And not getting disappointed if you miss something is uh, something that I'm—I've already steeled myself for. And I think we mentioned it before: is don't expect to get all the limited or exclusive releases that you want. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So for this year, for me, I already know with Vader. Vader is something that I want. It is something that I am going to try my best to get. But I honestly, right now, am expecting not to get them. the The mindset I always use is assume that you won't and then be pleasantly surprised if you do. Yeah. Because that's better than being super excited and thinking that you're going to get it and then the the disappointment of realizing that you didn't make. The this these are exclusive items. They are made in very small runs. Same thing with the panels. These panels have a lot of other people who want to see them as well and there is unfortunately a chance that you will be in line for a long time but not make the cut. Exactly. Don't let that ruin Discourage the rest you. of the convention for you exactly don't let that get you in a, in a bummer mood just accept that i mean you know it's life it's unfortunate stuff happens um that's the best mindset i feel like at least to take is stuff happens it might suck it might be a huge pain that you didn't get the thing that you really wanted but it's not the end of the world um and there might be other chances later on like you know dan said ebay always an option you might have to pay more but at least oh you'll get you will it. be paying really about at it. least
0: 100 to 200 percent more yeah 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 um as i'm sure
1: you may have seen when because as as you've kind of mentioned in the notes here uh and i remember you guys talking about it when it was happening the Thrawn books
0: yeah they had they had when Thrawn was announced it was coming out right after star wars celebration or right before i can't remember but they had mm. an exclusive edition where it was like a full front cover and it was a full like portrait of Thrawn at the front whereas the normal cover was just his half face with the logo and everything but this mm. one was just like plain just his face and it looked so good and they had a limited edition and you could get it signed by Timothy Zahn right Oof. which is amazing and yeah. so and it's free signature right so it's like oh my god this is amazing I want to get this so we got there we got to the lineup at like five thirty in the morning we waited for wow two and a half hours in line, three hours to get into the convention. And like oh, when it opens, we were, we were very far behind in the line too, because people were lined up overnight. They slept in the convention line, which people do. Jeez. Um, and so we got in and by the time we went to the Delray booth immediately, they had none left because mm-hmm. they had 15 books per day. 15. That is ridiculous. They were very limited so that was that. that's what i'm saying some of these things are super limited and yeah. it was nuts and i'm like i really want this and i got i got really bummed out that i didn't get it because i woke mm-hmm. up so early to get it but there were people that slept in the convention floor on a concrete floor overnight yeah and they got it instead so i mean it, it all depends on what you're willing to sacrifice right mm-hmm. now exactly i do want to point out too with panels i forgot to mention that the big panels, like the Rebels Remembered panel, the Clone Wars panel, especially Episode Nine, there usually is a lineup before, um, and that takes place in the morning of or the night before. Uh, the Episode Nine panel, I can almost guarantee you it's going to be the night before the line's going to start to get mm-hmm. into the actual like live panel, not the overflow stream areas. But they usually give you a wristband. Um, and uh, when we got to Star Wars Celebration 2017... Uh, in Orlando, they did wristbands for the Rebels panel there for the last season of Rebels Season 4. And so we're like, okay, we want to get in on this panel. So if you had the wristband for that panel in the beginning of the day, you could just walk in at one thirty to the panel. You had a reserve spot. Hmm. And if you didn't have a wristband, you weren't allowed to go, basically, as far as I remember. So you had to have that wristband. And when they were out of wristbands, that's it, right? So we got the... We got that one, and then we got one that was like a Billy D interview with Warwick Davis. Because we looked at the ones that were available that day, and the ones that were available left were the Rebels panel and that one. So I'm like, you know what? Let's get both because they're at different parts of the day. And you know what? I've never seen Billy D on stage before, and I would love to just see what he what he's like. And Warwick Davis, what an amazing host! Billy D, what an amazing like guest appearance too. He's such a positive, like charismatic person. Like I said before, he is so. So amazing. Um, so make sure that you get those wristbands if they're doing that system this year um, to make sure that you can get in those big panels. Just the FYI. Uh, which does help when you want to go to a panel later on the day, but you want to do something else beforehand, which is good. If you don't get into a panel, just go enjoy the show floor. Honestly, there's a lot of booths out there. Like there's a fantasy flight, games booth area. Mm-hmm. There's um, there was a Disney store that we, we didn't really know about. So we, we actually wandered around and found this panel that was the Disney Store panel. So we're like, uh, let's just go in and see what it's like because there wasn't a lot of people. And they showed us all the merchandise they had at the Star, at the Disney Store booth. And we're like, oh, this is really cool. You can get a name tag with your name in Orabesh and like a little like under your name, like a little like rank or whatever, like you can have it like Grand Admiral or like Bounty Hunter or whatever, right? Mm. So we got those. And uh, we also got this pin that's like, who shot first and in the middle, it's Greedo on one side and Han on the other. And it's got like a little um, sliding piece to it. It's a pin and the sliding piece goes from one side to the other. So you can cover up who <laughs> got shot and who was the person who shot first. Yeah. So we got that pin too, cause that was really cool. They had a, a really cool pin that we didn't know. Um, but Tanya, my girlfriend bought it. It was a Star Wars uh, episode eight or seven pin. And it was a limited edition pin that had um, shards of a ground up stormtrooper armor from the movie that was actually used. Oh. So they had extra armor that they just ground down on these pieces and they put that in a pin and then you could sell it. They sold it as a limited edition pin. So that was really cool. Like you don't really know about these things unless you go talk to people or go to the panel. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of really cool booths around. I would recommend doing that kind of stuff if you don't get into the panel that you want to get in. Mm-hmm. Um... Speaking of just enjoying the show floor, talking to random people, you might not be a person, as, as funny as it sounds, I'm a, somewhat of an introvert when it comes to big things like this, like conventions and things. Sometimes I, I get out of my shell, like mo- most times I get out of my shell, but there are points in time where I just need to like have some time to just relax and recover from the amount of stuff that's just going on around me. You just get overwhelmed sometimes. But if you, if you can, talking with people, or if you see someone who's kind of nervous, maybe reaching out a little bit and just saying, hey, like how is your convention going and kind of trying to help them settle back into the convention that can help too. Um, I know, I know for a fact that there are people that I know of that go to conventions and they are very high like they have a lot of anxiety when they go to these kind of things. And Hmm. it's, it's, it's not a pleasant experience sometimes and they can get overwhelmed very easily. So having that friendly face and someone that you meet that you can count on at a convention that maybe you don't know them really, but, you can kind of get to know them as a friend at the convention and that's actually how i met noma as a friend originally what was yeah, it like right. five six seven years ago at anime north we met yeah and uh now we're hosting a star wars podcast together and going to convention <laughs> in in chicago so yeah, it's
1: it's crazy how time flies and I, I i honestly i can't remember which of us actually initiated conversation yeah but, i don't remember yeah, either. Yeah. Yeah, Dan's right. I I met him years and years ago at a One Piece photo shoot at Anime North. Yep. And I don't, yeah, I don't really remember how we got to talking. Um, but yeah, it just you never know. I didn't I didn't know anything about Dan when we started hanging out, and then I learned that we had a a lot of shows and or you know a lot of interests and in some more shows that we liked. And then one thing leads to another. And when he was looking for extra people to help host this podcast, I was
0: like, yeah, I'd be down. Now, if I knew you were a pessimist before that, I probably would have been your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. No, that,
1: honestly, you know what? That's kind of fair because I, I yeah. have seen other people who are um, more pessimistic than me and I kind of, I kind of know what you mean, but yeah, my, my, I guess I've got a more unique personality in the fact that I'm, I'm a very friendly person. You are, Who Also, yeah. has a bleak outlook on life.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um. Now, now, an interesting thing too is, uh, the one year that we met up, um, that we really kind of touched base with each other, and became real friends. I think was when mm. after the convention was closed for the day. I think it was like a Saturday night or something um we just hung out with some other friends outside on the grass and just talked about anime yeah. and like had some food and just enjoyed conversation with each other um and all our other friends and stuff and that kind of gave us a little bit more um uh, it just it made us feel more comfortable I, with I with talking to people that we really didn't know mm-hmm. you know um and for another example here in 2015 Celebration in Anaheim, I went to uh, a meetup, a podcast meetup with Random Chatter, who does a Star Wars podcast as well. It was Lusecki, Eric Blythe, and uh, Chris McGuffin. And I met them, and I was a really big fan of their of their stuff, and they had a whole bunch of people meet up with them, and they had like, um, a po- like a live podcast that they recorded there and asked us questions, and they used those for, you know, stuff like that um i'm i'm trying to maybe nail down some times and stuff that we could do something like that if anybody's interested in doing that um Mm. if you're a listener and you are interested in us doing a panel or not a panel that would be amazing um (laughs) us doing a meetup maybe after uh the convention closes maybe around eight nine o'clock we can go for food and, and drinks and stuff and and just chat and have fun um let us know you can send us an email at voice of the, uh, of the force at voice of the force at gmail.com and just put in the the mm. description the subject uh star wars celebration meetup and say yes i would love to or nah not my thing thanks anyway mm. just let us know tweets, is, tweets as well yes tweet if you want to tweet us too i just figured email is a little easier just so we can sort and say okay there's like five people here that want to meet up with us that's fair oh that's true but yeah. if, if you want to tweet that's fair too at voiceforce pod on twitter um mm-hmm. a few last things normally celebration is in a very hot climate florida or anaheim this one is in chicago in april i looked up the weather it's supposed to be now this is celsius 16 to 17 degrees celsius which for us right now in canada that's some pretty oh. good weather that's that's i was gonna say that's that's shorts awesome. and t-shirts weather for us <laughs> yeah uh, that's like perfect weather for exactly me. so uh, if you're not used to cold we- that cold weather, if you're used to like 20 degrees or hotter or that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. make sure you wear layers. Wear layers anyway. Like I'm gonna wear layers down there. I'm gonna bring some sweaters. I'm gonna bring some pants. Um, I know they're not super fashionable, but if you got like those like uh, cargo pants that are like, you can make them into shorts. Very <laughs> useful at conventions, just saying. Um, I don't own a pair, but I would imagine like if you're getting too hot, you can just zip off the leg, zip off the like under the knee area throw them in your backpack and you have shorts you know what i mean just just
1: just go all the way just wear tearaway pants just just, tear- in case. just, just,
0: just <laughs> rip them right off there you go yeah oh
1: then
0: you God. can be as cool as you want to be. exactly 1990s <laughs> don't make it a comeback if you do
1: that i am not responsible for anything that happens afterwards. you'll be kicked out of the
0: convention and probably never invited back <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that
1: is not my responsibility if that happens
0: exactly uh so make sure that you're wearing comfortable clothing um now, an interesting point that I heard was on the ForceCast, I interviewed um, Savannah Odit and um, another, I can't remember her name, and I'm sorry I forget, um, but they're basically Star Wars podcasters as well and just bloggers, and they talked about some tips. And one of the tips they came up with was to make sure that you pack from what you're going to be wearing. So if you're going to be buying, if you know you're going to be buying shirts and stuff at the convention, maybe don't pack as many T-shirts because if you buy your shirts there you have some extra shirts to wear and it's not going to take up extra luggage space. You know what I mean? So if you're oh, going to go down thing. for five days, bring two or three days worth of shirts and then you're going to buy two more shirts at the convention, right? So you have some stuff to buy at the convention there. Um, speaking of shopping, uh, Sunday and Monday. So normally when I go to conventions, Sunday is the last day and usually on the last day of the convention, which is a Monday this in, in this instance, um, but I would assume Sunday as well. Vendors that are there um, like they're basically people around the country and around Canada and United States that sell memorabilia as a, as they're, as they like, that's what they do for a living. And they have to pay for all their stuff to ship over to the convention and then pay for everything to ship back if they have it. So by the end of the convention, there's a lot of stuff that they're like, we don't want to be shipping this back, paying for the shipping costs because we're going to lose money on it. So if you can not haggle per se, but a good tactic that I like to use is, uh, saying, looking, making sure that you pull out your wallet, take out some extra cash, put it in a pocket that you use that you might not be pulling it out of to buy something. And then when you go up to buy, going. when you buy something that's like sixty dollars, you know that they're, they're upselling you by about ten to fifteen dollars probably. So you're like, oh, I only have forty-five dollars. Is that okay? And you pull out of your wallet. They see that you're pulling out of your wallet. There's only that much money left, and they're like, Give me a minute. They'll talk to their person. And they'll be like, Yeah, forty-five is fine. That's a great strategy. Now, if you're bringing a kid, if you're bringing a kid,
1: even have better. The money, no. Because they're
0: they're they're their puppy dog eyes, will walk up and be like, "Hey, I only have $40. Can I can I get that?" And, you know, the guy's not going to say no to a kid. So, I I I'm I'm guilty of doing that at Anime North once with my cousin Matt, who's now 18 years old. <laughs> at the time, he was 12, I think. And he wanted a Halo figure. So, yeah. it was like $80, and he got it for like Forty? No, fifty, fifty-five dollars. <laughs> uh, it worked. It <laughs> was on Sunday.
1: Only so. on Voices of the Force podcast can you learn about ways to weaponize kids against vendors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but hey, it works, you know? Yeah, if it works. <laughs> oh, so if you're bring, if you, if you if you're not bringing a kid right now, there's still kid passes for sale on the Star Wars Celebration website. <laughs> Ask your sister. Bring your nephew. Bring them to Star Wars Celebration <laughs> to get discounts. <laughs> introduce them to star wars they might not know what the lightsaber is but they will by the end of the convention
1: as long as as long as we're drawing the line there and you're not going to like just go out into the street and find a kid (laughs) no no no, don't do that don't do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) ask your relatives if they have a you know a nephew that you could take to star wars you know anyway moving on the last thing (laughs) i want to talk i want to talk about is uh transportation to and from the convention uh, we uh, are, are going to be traveling from a, uh, an Airbnb into the convention center. Um, I've done this for, every, uh, no, for last, the 2017 celebration in Orlando, I did an Airbnb and we lifted, which is a, a drive a share service, a ride service, uh, which is like Uber, basically. Um, at the time, Lyft was cheaper. So we went with that program. You just download it on your phone. As long as you have data, or at least have data on your phone at the place you were at and then at the convention, you can um, ask for a ride and then they'll come and get you. It's about 10, 15 bucks for what we paid for American to get there and then to get back each day. Um, And uh, Lyft and Uber, I would recommend uh, just because if you don't have a know of the city layout or the transportation, like the buses and stuff, probably the best idea to to go with a Lyft or Uber. Um, They are cheaper than cabs on a normal basis. And I guarantee you a lot of other people are going to be using it as well. So there's going to be a good amount of Ubers and Lyfts in the area. So no reason to to just try and either walk there if you're farther out, like a 30, 40 minute walk. Probably best to use a Lyft or Uber. Um, Now, I've never been to Chicago, but downtown and a lot of big cities can be a little sketchy at some places. And if you're not well known, if you don't know the area well, sorry. Then it may be you might walk into a bad area. I don't know, right? I don't know where yeah. your where your hotel is or be, whatever.
1: Yeah, it might just be safer to, uh, you know, just go straight from the hotel to the convention.
0: Exactly. Um, and that said, uh, Noma, you have one more point here that you want to say.
1: Um, oh yeah, just for, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was if uh, we should bring this up because it. There's a little bit of a controversy behind it, but um you know if you're if you're coming down to this um to this if you're coming like because we're coming from Canada to the states and i know it's a, it's becoming a, a starting to become a problem in canada but it might be a good idea to get booster shots um specifically at least for me what i'm talking about is measles booster shots because there is the measles outbreak that's going on yeah uh, true and something that i kind of thought of was i mean there's no way to be sure whether or not anti-vaxxers are going to be going to celebration um if especially if you're bringing your kids to celebration i think it's Definitely. important you give them measles booster shots you don't want them to be getting that whatever uh, whatever your doctor
0: it. would recommend i would i would say go to your doctor and ask what they would recommend exactly. if you're going to a big gathering like a convention mm-hmm. um because i know there's a lot of times where you can get a convention like a convention cold or a convention flu by the time you leave which Mm. kind of goes back to our hygiene, right? Like, make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're, every time you're eating food, wash your hands with soap and water first. Don't take the chance of eating something or drinking something and not washing your hands because you have no idea what people have been touching, Mm -hmm. what they have. Like, if you're allergic to peanuts, you know, that kind of stuff, you could have anaphylactic reaction to it, right? So be very careful, and definitely talk to your doctor before going, just to double check and see if there's any shots that you would like to, like, they would recommend you getting before you go.
1: It's always better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. And you don't want to, you know, get sick on the first day of the convention and have to skip the, the rest of it. or That like would suck, saying, yeah. Yeah, pull something, have an allergic reaction,
0: anything. All right. Welcome to the new releases segment. We're going to talk here about our March releases for comics and books. So... For our comics this month there's not too many. We have a volume of Star Wars Adventures Treasury Edition um which covers some prequel trilogy stuff. We have for a single issue comics on March 6th, Vader Dark Visions number 1 which is a must buy, I think, and Star Wars number 62, Age of the Republic Padmé Amidala. And on hmm. March 13th we have Han Solo Imperial Cadet number 5, which I believe is the final issue of that one, not 100% sure. Um, Age of the Republic, General Grievous, which I think will be interesting because we get a little bit more background knowledge on General Grievous in that one. Star Wars Adventures, number 20 as well. March 20th, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story, number six, which I hope is the last one because the Han Solo Imperial Cadet and the Star Wars Solo ones have been going on since the movie has been released pretty much. It's been quite a while. Mm. Um, we also have Star Wars, number 63 on March 20th. And finally, on March 27th, we have Vader Dark Visions number 2, good stuff, and Dr. Aphra number 30, which I've been looking forward to for so long. It's been such a hiatus on that one, so I'm excited for that. As our books have been released, we have March 5th has been released with Queen Shadow, which is a Padme Amidala book. Uh, so take a listen to that one if you want to listen to Catherine Tabor, the voice of Padme Amidala in The Clone Wars, read the audiobook to you, or just pick it up at your local bookstore. And March nineteenth, which is in three days from this recording, choose your own destiny and Obi-Wan and Anakin Adventure. So if you want to choose your <laughs> destiny and maybe have Obi-Wan actually kill Anakin, there you go.
1: Or anyway. you know, maybe maybe Obi-Wan has the low ground, so it doesn't have an advantage. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright. And with all this said, we are gonna round out this podcast thank you for joining us on such a jam-packed episode with no news at all
1: all right hey at least we found a way to make all of the stuff for celebrations and galaxy's edge entertaining yeah not that it was super hard for some of them
0: i've definitely been wanting to make an episode about tips for star wars celebrations, so i'm glad we were able to fit it here Mm -hmm. so all right on with the outro
1: So our pick of the podcast for this episode is really cool and super nostalgic for uh, me and Dan, and that is that there is a Podracer fan remake, and uh, for this remake, there are two different things. The uh, actual, I'm not sure if you would call it a mod or just a a remake in itself. This is a complete remake,
0: like ground up. Yeah, that's true. I guess
1: for a mod, it would have to be from an existing video game.
0: Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, so this this remake has been made by a guy called Rob Jin, and it also was recently brought to public attention by a YouTuber named Blue Drake Forty Two. So it is a faithful recreation um, of the old. I'm not sure when it came out, but it says here 1999.
0: Yep, when episode uh, one video came game.
1: Out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Of the original Star Wars Pod Racer, and it's done in the unreal engine it looks
0: very very nice now it's so and, smooth the oh, textures yeah. are beautiful The the mm. blur the motion is oh my god it's so good it, it's yeah it's
1: a very very well done recreation
0: yeah uh, and you can see one
1: part shows the original opening cinematic redone and the second video shows uh, what the actual game looks like and i don't i don't see how you can get some much more realistic Eh, not really realistic per se, but much more amazing, kind of immersive pod racing than this. Um, it really brings back memories of one of the things I used to do is my cousin had the the original N64 pod racer game. And we used to do a type of race where we'd both start and then immediately blow off one of our engines. Nice. And then, yeah, then see who could get the farthest
0: on one engine. That's amazing. Before
1: you explode. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Or also just see who could kill the most other pod racers. Exactly. On
0: Akko <laughs> Nine Bar. I hated Akko Nine Bar. Oh, it's so great though. Yeah. Um, uh, this game. This apparently this guy's been working on for ten months alone. Wow, that's amazing. That, that um, seems too short. Bro. I know. And so the the interesting thing though that I'm not looking forward to is the last time this happened, uh, it got shut down and because they got Ooh, slapped okay. with a lawsuit from Lucasfilm, um, yeah. and Disney, which was the uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake. And they had like, oh, some, yeah. I don't know if it was a remake or if, I think it was a remake, not a yeah, mod, yeah. just like this. And they got slapped with a lawsuit because there was something, didn't want them to do it and, or Disney didn't want them to do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's it, it kind of sad that they had to shut that down because it looked so nice just like this does. Yeah. And, it, and since, oh. you know,
1: since EA is not doing anything with the license, you'd yeah. kind of hope that they'd be okay with it. But like,
0: what I don't get is why doesn't, why don't they hire the people that are working on these projects? You know, like reach out and be like, "Hey, we love what you're doing. Do you yeah. mind bringing that over? We'll buy the the rights to it. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll not, I mean, we'll buy not have to buy the rights, but they'll yeah. they'll buy the uh, like they'll the pay this person and maybe pay for the stuff they've created so far mm-hmm. and build on top of that and make a full fledged game. That makes the I most mean, sense do to me. You-
1: yeah, do you want the real blunt answer, which is that's too smart a move for EA to do?
0: Well, that's a, um, that's the thing too. Like The thing in the IT community, the internet techn- information technology area, is like, mm-hmm. if a hacker finds a, a flaw and reports it, usually they get a bug bounty, which they get money rewarded for them to do that. Mm-hmm. They also hire those people that hack into their stuff. right? They yeah. have these contests every year where people come in, try and hack our program. If you hack it, great. You can join mm-hmm. us and you can be a person that helps us Stop hackers. You know, it just makes sense. Hire the talent yeah, that's out and, there.
1: And it's not like EA owns the company that actually made Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, wait a minute. Bio-brainer. They do. Yeah, They have Bioware. They could easily do that. They ha- they could make a remake or B- Knights of the Old Republic 3. You know, and they'd probably make a lot of money. But apparently instead they wanted to make Anthem. yeah, Which is doing amazing, if you can see by the numbers right now. Because it sold... So much less than they even thought it was going to, (laughs) which apparently means it was a success in EA's eyes. So I mean, I'm not gonna get. I'll I'll be ranting for the next two and a half hours if I get too into it, but it's it's a shame, and it's not.
0: Let's hope they don't get stuck with a lawsuit.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a smart business move, but I'm not in charge of EA, so you know what I think. Unfortunately, doesn't really have much of a say.
0: All right, and the next thing here we have is a reminder of the winner. Of our giveaway contest for the five day mm. pass for Star Wars Celebration Chicago, which was at Gods Phoenix 4 on Twitter. Mm. At Gods Phoenix 4. So we'll be reaching out to you on Twitter and hopefully um, we can get that pass information from you and we can get you all set up for Star Wars Celebration Chicago with that pass. Mm. Uh, and
1: congratulations. Congratulations once again.
0: Yeah. And just remember that it doesn't include airfare, it doesn't include um uh, accommodations that kind of stuff it's just the pass so mm-hmm. we are excited if you can make it to see you at star wars celebration for possibly our podcast meetup that would be fun and oh, yeah. uh maybe we could record something i'm bringing some equipment down so maybe we can record stuff <laughs> and do a little like uh fan interaction kind of stuff listener interaction mm. all right no nice. do you want to let them know how to find us what to do and all that kind of jazzy stuff oh yeah so As we
1: always say, if you ever want to get in contact with us, leave us a comment or a critique about our podcast because, you know, like we always say, we're making this partly because it's fun, but mostly because we want to entertain you guys. So if you guys have anything that you think would help the podcast or anything you're not a huge fan of, let us know. Uh, You can do that through our website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. Uh, you can also get in contact with us through our email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got a Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod, a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash voiceforcepod. And as well, you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Pocket and Podbeam reviewing helps with our visibility so it'd be much appreciated it also lets us know what you think and uh we'll probably be uh reacting to and talking about your reviews on
0: our podcasts
1: as well as that uh also remember that you can subscribe for the latest episode as soon as it releases
0: thank you noma uh just one last piece here if you are going to Star Wars Celebration Chicago and you do want us to do a meetup, let us know by emailing us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com with the subject line Star Wars Celebration and in the body of the email just say, Yes, I want to do a meetup. Or, No, <laughs> I don't want to listen to you guys anymore. You guys are terrible. Never make a podcast again. <laughs> don't come to Star Wars Celebration. If the second one is, what we get... <laughs> Why are you listening? Why are yeah. you sending me this email? But it happens sometimes. It's so, true. <laughs> glad we haven't had one of those yet. But if you do feel that way, let us know why, and we can improve. <laughs> we want to please the fans. And with all of that said, Noma and Ed, somewhere out there in the <laughs> Thank you for listening, and may the force be with you.